It could be. <laughs> I um. So maybe it's a good thing. It's Monday. Hmm. So maybe it's a good thing. It's Monday. Shit. Twelve <laughs> o'clock somewhere. <laughs> no, I wanted to do that so bad. I completely blinked on picking up anything. The next time. Next. Time. Rick and Morty tattoo. That was a manic decision. <laughs> Can we start the podcast this way? It just sure. starts. Rick and Morty tattoo? Yeah. It was a manic decision. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, how, how do you get a, a tattoo in a manic decision-making you know, way? It wasn't until the needle hit my skin that I was like, this is permanent. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a Friday the 13th tattoo. If you look, there's one yeah. three. Yeah. Aren't they $50 or something? It depends on the shop. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't remember what I paid, but um, it was probably less than that. Um, and I got a few. I got this one, too. Same um, time or a different time? Same day. Same, same day. day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love Rick and Morty at the time before all the Justin Rowland scandalous stuff that happened. Are you one that has a hard time separating the art from the artist? No. Um, but I just, you know, I got to be a little PC, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> so my argument for, for PC when it comes to a producer, um, when it comes to like a Harvey Weinstein thing, a... Um, Hey, not Dr. Huxtable, Bill Cosby, who was <laughs> Dr. Huxtable, because I loved the Cosby's growing up. Um, people like of that nature, the the very bad things that happen, um, I want, I don't know how naive the world is or how naive us adults are, but I want to say, like, if you think they're the only ones that have, like, the people with all the money and power at the highest levels in every industry have been doing these types of things to women, poor men, a lot more women, but poor men who just the overwork. Then maybe it's not something sexual can be, mm-hmm. but it's like then stop listening and watching everything. Yeah. Think all this stuff. Do you think these phones were made in a good way? <laughs> like where are you going to draw these arbitrary lines? So it does make it a little weird. It's good to have the conversation, Michael Jackson, because it's like Diddy or did he not do these things? I Speaking don't know. Of Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> What did what did P Diddy do? Now? Oh, you haven't heard? Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm, oh, again, man. what is he a billionaire who's been in the business for over 30 years? I wouldn't be surprised if there were. He, he's notorious for these massive parties that cost millions of dollars. How could there not have been an issue at parties that cost that much with the type of women and men that go to them? So, what? Tell me, load me up on P Diddy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know a lot. <laughs> you know, I can't really speak on it too much because it seems like a very, very personal matter, but. Um, I think there's just some domestic issues with with Cassie. Uh, I'm assuming Cassie's wife. I don't know his wife. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I'm not condoning these things, but it does not. If I were to say like, I don't use this, you know, lotion anymore because of something like the owner. It was uh, sex trafficking people. I'd be like, I'm sure other people have been doing it. I'm not saying it's good, but when it comes to utilizing like big corporate things and and things that have a lot of exchanging of hands from country to country. Mm-hmm. Again, the phone's the best example. Uh, our phones are how we get them is horrendous. Yeah. And we still use them. So I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that you're like, yeah, I mean, I might still watch Rick and Morty here. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've since replaced Justin Roiland um, with two new voice actors. And what was he in trouble with? What did he do? Um, there was some... Um, sexual assault allegations uh, going around. Okay. Yeah. Um so I, like I said, very personal stuff. Yeah. I don't know anything yeah, about. Yeah. Um but 
I'm just glad that, you know, action was taken. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, definitely do something about an action which should be taken. Um, yeah. Actually, like that I, 70 show, you know? Oh, my God. I don't even want to. Don't, don't even Another example. It. I grew up on that show. I loved that show growing up. I, it came I out, still love that show. Right. It's my and favorite show. You think of Hyde and you're like, what? Like, uh, Hyde was my favorite character. He too. was the best. He was so, like, anti establishment. Yeah. Always sticking it to the man. I have so many <laughs> friends like like I I see my friends in those characters. Yeah, you, you know. But again, the type of power. Oh shoot! Oh, my phone lights flashes. Up. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> the type of power that one gets when you're given a lot of money and what comes with fame. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this in your own world, and I have too. You get if you know people, you start getting random hookups, right? Maybe you can go to. A, get into shows for free at certain places because mm-hmm. you worked at a venue. Mm-hmm. Um, now imagine you have, you know, $50 million and international hookups. Mm-hmm. So it's very unnatural for any human yeah. being to have all of these things. It starts to, I could see why there's so many specifically, like, not that it's good, but sexual abuse seems the biggest problem when it comes to money and power because you almost, I isn't the person starting to not feel like a human being anymore? Almost like a, a demigod. You yeah. got millions, you're famous, people love you, people throw themselves at you, people want your autograph. No one's supposed to live like this. Yeah, like our, our psychological not makeup, for it. <laughs> it's not designed for it. Yeah. And it's probably why social media is so detrimental to oh us because gosh. we're not made to interface with millions or thousands. Yeah, it, it's so much pressure, social media. I, I really can't stand it. I, I was telling my sister that every time I open Instagram, it's just the worst time. Like, I, I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate opening Instagram. <laughs> Why do we do it then? You know, so I deleted it off my phone. Oh, um, okay, that's a good step. But I didn't delete my account because there's still, a, like, an attachment there. It's very weird. Like, it had this hold that it has over me, you know, mm-hmm. or just people in general. But um, I just would not, I can't, every time I open the app, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, it's just ruined my day. You know, there's always something that just ruins my day on social media. Are there certain things you're following that do that? Yeah. I think it's just more so being so intertwined with the music scene here in mm-hmm. Chicago and seeing like opportunities that I could have had or um, things that I could be doing or people that I used to work with that I don't anymore. Like just things that remind me of like what I'm not doing or what I could have done better yeah, constantly. That's a big point. Um, people doing things that maybe you wish you could have done or wanted to do or you didn't want to do and they're doing it and you're like, why are you doing that? All the way along to like exes and dating ex- people you once dated. That's another thing. We're not like when you hear your old your parents or anybody who's older talk about like, yeah, I dated someone. They never saw him again. Yeah, you know how easy it is <laughs> to get over someone you never see, hear from, talk to ever again. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier than seeing and hearing from them all the time on social yeah. media. It's way social harder. Social media is just so tricky because. Everyone has it now, and it's weird to not have it now. It is weird. So, like, your Instagram is your, your like, how you present yourself. It's like your yeah. personal EPK, you know? Yeah. It's, For those listening, electronic <laughs> press kit. If you work in at a music venue, you know exactly what that means. Yeah. <laughs> it is your little, like, that is how you present yourself is your, the face of your social media, what it looks like. And especially if you're an artist of any kind. Um, so... It's really difficult to not check up on exes and see, like, what their life looks like now or how it compares to yours now. Yeah, or, it's dangerous. Yeah. It's just really hard. And not even just exes, but just people that are in the same industry as you, comparing yourself to them, you know, people you've worked with in the past or want to work with and aren't far off from working mm-hmm. with. Like, just kind of seeing, constantly measuring yourself mm-hmm. against other people, it makes you feel so awful because it's just, 
the social climbing of it all, the the numbers, the way mm-hmm. that it feels like it's all like social currency is what I call it. It is. Yeah. It is a so- social currency. And it's really hard to train your brain not to get defensive on those things. Yeah. Like I'm sure you're not getting like violently mad, but there's a part of your heart and brain that's kind of like. <laughs> Start breaking shit. Yeah. Every time I open Instagram. I can't believe they're playing that shit. There's a part of you, uh, the, compa- uh, the, the phrase goes, uh, comparisons. Comparisons? Comparisons? Comparisons. Comparisons is the thief Comparis. of joy. Yeah, when I thought about the word, I was like, well, I don't that know. That word is like. Uh, is the thief of joy. Yeah. And it and that was probably said way before social media. Now it's like, you got to amp up that, that statement and really not compare yourself. Yeah, it's really hard. And then. Do you ever have a discipline with it? Just like post and ghost? Just like post like if you're trying to promote something post and get out and just don't yeah so um it's tricky because they have made it very hard to use instagram if you don't have the app um so if i open it on my phone like in google chrome or in safari or something it is the most complicated thing Mm -hmm. um but i kind of like that because i need that distance from Instagram. but like if i get a really really good video i will post it to my story but i don't really post on my main feed um so if i get a really good one i'll post it really quickly and then i'll just like delete mm-hmm. everything and not check who how many people watched it and nothing like that. I just want to share it because I want to share it. But they get you though because if you're not active, you don't get as much push on your account anymore. It used to not be that you know, way. I feel opposite. I feel like the more I post, the, the less people are interested in me. Really? <laughs> Actually, yeah, but like when I when I post um, just randomly here and there, um, I get way more interaction because huh. I think people are just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what happened to yeah, you? Yeah, it could be different <laughs> from what kind of account you have and mm-hmm. also – to be honest, men and women have very different experiences on social media. That's true. I hate to be uh, the bear of bad news, but <laughs> social media for men and women, unless you're just some type of like elite, you know, supermodel man. But even then, it's so different for women. When I hear just every woman talk, I like to talk to them about this. And I, even my own girlfriend, friends, anybody, they will talk about like how many DMs and I'm like, DM. It took me up until like last year to know what DM meant. That's how much <laughs> I don't get them. Damn. <laughs> I like D- it's the shorthand of it's like, what does that mean? Like, what? Mm-hmm. And I found out direct message. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't at best I might get like one in a while from a band just reaching out the book. I didn't think anything of it that people would just use this to randomly try to hit on you yeah <laughs> I mean, you're like Duh. <laughs> what else is it used for day-to-day occurrence you know the, my, the, no the best one is from um dating apps when people oh. are like um i know you didn't match me but i'm like no don't message me if i didn't match uh, 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 uh. <laughs> dating apps are weird with that one because <laughs> i run my days on them and it, it went in this order from chaotic um from the least chaotic to the most and it was like hinge bumble and tinder when it came to people sending you, specifically women, sending you to their social media because of like OnlyFans. Mm. They didn't, oh. they had no, they were not interested. They weren't even, I bet you they had boyfriends. They probably weren't even on there for dating. They were just trying to get people to send to it because they'd say, I don't like dating apps. So but, some apps ban you for that now. Oh, they did it. It was yeah. so common. I was like, <laughs> I started doing it on, like going in on purpose just to try to gather up how many numbers of people were doing this. It was not a small amount, it was mm. a lot, specifically on Tinder. Hey, I don't like this app. Like, make you almost feel bad. Like, this app kind of sucks. And, but I rather like Instagram, like Instagram message. Like, fought, like come check out my Instagram. <laughs> so you click on it. And then, of course, there's like a link tree to mm-hmm. an OnlyFans. You're like, of course. <laughs> and no, they don't care at all about talking to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the dating app. So I'm, I'm glad that they're 
getting on that. But Yeah, there's a lot of banning going on for stuff like that. I think just because the apps don't want you promoting other apps within yeah. them, you know. Yeah, they so. don't care that it hurts people <laughs> yeah. or messes with people's minds or hearts. They just, it's all yeah. funny. It's the same thing with Instagram. They want you on there. They want you scrolling. They want you, if you don't like Instagram as much stuff. Instagram is so boring. That's the thing. Like, you, you, it really only is interesting if you are, like, within a certain community. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think if you just have Instagram for food for scrolling you know it's just odd yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think tiktok's more so for just casual scrolling you know but i would youtube really be shorts and the instagram video stories whatever it has their own version of shorts mm-hmm. they've learned a lot from tiktok in the last like two stole years the they stole, yeah they just started doing the exact same thing yeah and it's it's bizarre i don't know what to do because you can't live in a world where you're not on it if you're trying to promote things and be a part of any type of art music Mm -hmm. community but it is it's overbearing it's definitely uh you start comparing yourself all the time Mm -hmm. on accomplishments on looks on vacations i mean some of these people holy holy Mm. vacations that they're (laughs) always on i've heard of people going on vacation taking a ton of photos from different places kind of look different and then saving them throughout the year post as if they went to like more places. That's smart. <laughs> it's smart, that. but it's also like, why, it's, it's, why I heard lie? Of, I heard of people doing that. Um, I forget what it's called, but there's like a term for that because um, influencers will do that with outfits. They'll just take a whole day um, and take pictures in different outfits all day long oh in different God. locations. And then that way they have like months of content. And wasting your whole vacation on doing that. <laughs> I mean, if that's how you make your money. I guess if you're getting paid well. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can go on another vacation at, like, the real one. Mm-hmm. So if this is yeah, funding your vacations. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. If, I, if I, you I have a think... 9 to 5 and you're doing that, then that's probably going to be a little ta- taxing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so what is your plan with it? Just kind of you log in on a desktop or on your phone and Instagram post and get mm, out? I mean... I don't I don't post to promote really anymore. Okay. Um I just post on my story solely. Um and the only time I post on my main feed is when something else has gone on. So like when I filmed this with you last time around, like I posted that on my main feed or um like when I did something with this company called um when Midwest Music Deposit, like I posted that cuz it was something I did with them. Sure. Um so it's like stuff like that I'll post because it's a collaborative thing, but otherwise I don't I don't love promoting myself. I don't really love being perceived as much as it may come across. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like promoting myself either. That's why I promote other people. It works great. Yeah. I've accidentally and in, uh, indirectly promoted myself for years by just promoting other people. Mm-hmm. But it's nice because um, don't, that's just some water. <laughs> it's nice because a lot of people don't even know my name. It's mm-hmm. just like the DZ guy because I don't. My name's not on there either. Mm-hmm. It's just always other people under DZ Records. So I get to kind of hide in layers, which is nice. I can't imagine just having like millions of followers and your your full name is just there and that's so easy to find information yeah. about you. It's I think that's the hardest part. I really am jealous of the model that like her did, you know, her. Yeah, she's a great artist. Man, back when she was anonymous, I'm sure that was just bliss, just being able to po- just create your music, post it, and not have people worry about you and who you are and what you're doing at any given moment mm-hmm. like, and not having to promote yourself, just be all about your music. You know? Mm-hmm. 
I love that. I wish I would have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a great artist. She's oh got gosh. some. She's got some tear jerk. Who's phenomenal artist? I mean, I was aware of who she was before she face revealed, just because I remember as a child I watched her on like little star search shows and little oh, things really? that she would do. Yeah, she's so, been around that long. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I used to watch her like go. She would go on the, her local news and like be singing and stuff. And I was oh. just a big fan, you know, as a little black girl watching another little black girl. So mm-hmm. I was very inspired by her when she was younger. Um, That's something not not a – well, there's we can talk about what they do now in commercials because it's a correction, but it, it is – it's a good thing with how many minorities they have in commercials now, which is like every commercial. Mm-hmm. But it's just so obvious they're obnoxious correction. Like <laughs> let's, let's correct this by making sure – Everyone in it isn't just is not a white man. Like it has to be everything <laughs> but that. But only out of nowhere, there's just this just page that turns mm-hmm. in like the last two years, and like mm-hmm. bam. Which I'm glad that they're giving those opportunities. I'm just I'm more annoyed at the higher up of like what it means. How they like oh shoot, we've been kind of like discriminating against people for like I mean seven decades. Sometimes you got a hard launch, you know. <laughs> they hard launch. <laughs> Remember when um, the Pride movement happened? Mm-hmm. It was like it felt like it was all the time, yeah. constant, constant. But now it's normal, you know. Yeah, it's just your day that's day. true. So I think there's just a hard launch. Period. Yeah, it was it was it was very obvious hard. Like one day I was just like, huh, <laughs> everything is gay now. <laughs> everything is everything is everything but uh, a straight white man like everything. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like I don't care. It's just I I could see right through um them trying to feel not get sued or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I was like I don't know their intention behind the people who run the advertising agencies. Mm-hmm. That's what is more concerning. Like I I, I don't. Trust I mean, it's it. just consumerism, you know, yeah. and just trying to get people to feel included so that they continue to buy things. Right. And there was not much of that. <laughs> when What year were you born? 96. Right. So like in the 90s, mm-hmm. 2000s, not a lot of that at all in, in commercials you remember, and TV. You remember the early 2000s were a great time for black people, especially in the music scene. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, because that was when there was Missy Elliott, TLC, 50 yeah. Cent, like everybody was black. It was awesome. You know, great time period. I kind of feel like I missed out on it a little bit. But that was the launch of, like, Beyonce and Destiny's mm-hmm. Child. And mm-hmm. Everybody was just, that's when BET became a big thing. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, I miss I miss those days when, like, that was all the rage. You know yeah. what I mean? But um, I do love how just integrated everything is now. Everyone's starting to look alike, if you're noticing. Like, everyone's starting to get the same caramel complexion, and they're starting to kind of even out. <laughs> We're going to be one unified we really species will. in about 100, 100, 200 years. Yeah. Everyone's just going to be like a... They'll be fighting over, like, what le- like version of brown are you? Because there'll be so much... The, the like whitest white, blackest black, and it'll just start getting like l- different variations of like olive and brown. It'll be just solely colorism, no more racism, just colorism. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um. Yeah, that was a good era. I remember, I remember that because I was born in '89, so mm-hmm. I remember that era really well. Especially I had older siblings showing me like mm-hmm. Destiny's Child, and um, what's her name, Brandy. I love that show. Love um, Brandy. Have you seen her Cinderella? I have. Yeah. I love that Cinderella. Not, not many. Men have, but I sure have. <laughs> that one, that was a 2000s? Mm-hmm. 2003, Very early. 2002. That one, that and then the she, well, Moesha, that was the show she was on. I used to love that show. <laughs> it was too short-lived. Um, it was a little before me. I was um, pretty young at the time, but I had older cousins that watched that stuff. So yeah. I was able to kind of get glimpses, but I never really, like, have sat down and watched 
Moesha or the Parkers or anything mm-hmm. like that. The Parker, I mean, I, <laughs> Jamie Foxx show. That was way before me. <laughs> oh my God, I loved that show. I mean, I think my, my favorite show of all that, time was Martin, Martin Lawrence. My grandma loved Martin. I'm like, your grandma, <laughs> that show was so funny. I used to watch it on UPN at like 11 o'clock on Saturday nights when I wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> and it was just so funny because I, I can't explain it, but white family culture can be quite, I don't know, because it of, of, like of white standards is very sterile and, and <laughs> heavy. Vanilla. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I didn't have I'm half Mexican, so I had some some spice in my life. <laughs> but to have like a glimpse into like the the black family home in these TV shows. I was like that's so they're having so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> like it was always just such a, I don't know, the humor. I think it's really the humor and and I think it, it I don't I can't say for sure, but it seems like the humor stems from the suffering. Because it's the best humor. It's like the fun, the funniest people of all time have been all my favorite. Comedians have always been a black comedian by far. Bernie <laughs> Mac. I can't speak on it. Chris Tucker, Martin Lawrence. Tucker. I love these guys were so funny. DL Hughley. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. What do you, I mean, you would know better. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think there's a little bit of performance art in it. You know, I think that um, a lot of the time, um, w- black comedians were able to come up because white people ate it up. You know, they ate um, up the, the performance of funny black guy. He he. Mm. You know. So I think that that's a big part of it. Mm. Um, but you know, get your bag however you you need to. I guess mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of just it's a method of survival. It's how yeah. it's how they had to do what they had to do. So that makes sense. There's a lot less of that now. People do rely more on being funny than on being black. <laughs> Um, yeah. So that's definitely um, a good thing. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I agree with you. Some of these, I mean, I think these guys were hilarious. I They're think Bernie so Mac fun. was hilarious. Oh my God, I used to love that show. <laughs> the show was so good. When he'd go, couldn't like vent in his bedroom or office or whatever about his <laughs> kids or the kids he had to watch and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I loved Bernie Mac. Um, mm-hmm. And I was never a Chris Tucker fan, really. <laughs> I no. think he was a little before my time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, Comedians like him and like Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, yeah, yeah all Murphy. kind of were interchangeable to me. They yeah. had the same type of comedy, and mm-hmm. they're that that kind of performance style comedy that I was talking about. Yeah, 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 like yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> there, um, you know, like back in the old and olden days, there were like minstrel shows. You have, have you heard about those? Mm-mm. So it was basically um, uh, when white people would put on blackface mm-hmm. and then pretend to be fun like funny black people. Oh, okay. You know, hence the the blackface being so popularized yeah. um because yeah. of that specifically. And so I think that over time um certain types of black comedians became like their own version of a minstrel show. Oh, you know, I see. as in just being performative for for white people. I see. And not just being funny to be funny, but But what about like to move um, up <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But what about like the the Deaf Comedy Jam? It's like it, it, it's uh it's all black audience, black producers putting it on, mm. black comedians on UPN or BET like predominantly black networks. Yeah. You know, so like I see, I see what you're saying, but then there's like that it's like yeah. it was like geared towards like the black community. Those things happened I think over time when oh, okay. being a black person was 
um, when when we when we discovered that white people like us now, you know, they don't hate us anymore. They think we're funny now. So now we can have our own spaces and mm-hmm. create. I think it's just all kind of a snowball. Yeah. 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 But I also I honestly can't really like speak too much to growing up black because <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I really truly had a black experience as a kid. I grew up in a very white suburban neighborhood with a very prim and proper mother. Uh, yeah. You know, so I, I feel like I don't have the same exp- every black experience is different, but I feel like mine was very uh, whitewashed in my childhood. That's yeah, that's an interesting one because I, I've the, the black friends I have in my life, they've talked about this before and um, being ridiculed almost for not being like yeah. Black enough. If you have family, especially from predominantly black neighborhoods in yeah. a city like Chicago, mm-hmm. are, are you? You're not. Are you from Chicago? No, no, no. You're I'm from not. Nashville. Right. I remember talking about this. Love. You are from Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And yeah. That's that's. It's totally different. <laughs> it's totally different. And that idea is complicated because it's probably a little bit more of an extreme situation than when you have poor. Um, or lower socioeconomic people, or pe- different classes of white people, because mm-hmm. they'll also kind of guilt like wealthy white people love crapping on like air quotes white trash or mm-hmm. rednecks. You know, they, they love it because it's just like you get to be better than somebody, mm-hmm. and they don't consider them. You know, they're always belittling them, just how slow they speak, whatever it is. Not that I feel this way. I have too much experience with people in rural areas to think that mm-hmm. it's very naive. But I, I see that in, like, white community and even Hispanic community and then the black community. I've, I've seen it, too, where it's, like, if you're not from where we're from, if you're not from the streets, then you're, like, there's nicknames. There's, like, pretty yeah. rough nicknames. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, like, I, I mean, I, it's not me. I, 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 I listen to it. I don't um, – I try not to say too much. I'd rather hear what people say about it mm-hmm. based on their experiences because I didn't live it. But – it's very real. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do about that one, but because it's like it's 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 probably confusing to be like being when when you look at yourself then being told like you're not like us. It's like, but I am, just because of where you like the geographical placement. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it definitely is tricky. Right. <laughs> I mean, I grew up luckily in like an area where it was pretty much a melting pot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all were used to each other and seeing all kinds of versions of each other and things like that. Um, but uh, I definitely felt some some isolation in yeah. my childhood for like the way that I spoke, especially. Uh, I didn't sound black enough for for my black friends, and I um, was not white, so yeah, <laughs> you know that affected my white friends, and um, yeah, I don't know. It just was it was tricky, but I don't I don't I don't know. I think every black experience is just different mm-hmm. we all have different experiences depending on where you grew up it's a totally different world like my cousins and I have totally separate experiences they lived more in harsher areas that were just they had to fend for themselves a little more you know and I grew up in the burbs in yeah. Nashville Tennessee you know what yeah. I mean and so yeah. it's just a totally different way of life and mm-hmm. the way of seeing the world so there's there's no one way to view it there's not. I wish when people thought that way instead of having to throw you into yeah. a group. It's it's frustrating, especially when you move, like you've moved around, you've been around different places, and you go, right, and you get older, and you find yourself at different groups and different scenes, and you're like, why do we, like, you can, 
you can generalize a little bit. You can like, you can uh, prejudge the sh- situation a little bit, but only like you shouldn't go too far with mm-hmm. it. Maybe like just whatever naturally happens. You might see someone who's really tall and be like, "Oh, he probably played basketball." Like you can; <laughs> those things happen. But <laughs> right, oh it's a gosh. corny example, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but to just kind of lump every different type of person and different things, it's. I don't like doing that. I try yeah, not to. I try to avoid people who do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. You can tell when people are doing it, too. Oh, yeah. It just, it feels like it. You're just like, oh, that's what you're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> no, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it, it's easy to fall into that trap in this country. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how we got started on this heavy conversation. Uh, we were talking about my tattoo, I think. <laughs> you started with your tattoo? Let us hear, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you do have a good amount, huh? Oh, I got a good amount. Yeah, I got that one. Looks much older. It looks a bit more faded. Um, I think the oldest one is this one. That one. That's the first one I ever got. And then I have some on my chest and across my back, and mm-hmm. yeah, I got a good amount. Got a good amount. I have none. None. They can't identify Why? me. I can get away. <laughs> um, I nothing has spoke to me yet. You know, I, I'm not going oh, on Friday the Thirteenth and just getting blues. a, 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 a like going on a whim and getting Listen, a Listen, once you get one. <laughs> You're not going to care after that. <laughs> you get I, your first one, it's supposed to mean so much, and then it does, and then you're like, okay, but now I want more. Mm-hmm. And then you just stop caring what it is. You just are like, as long as it looks nice, I'm good with it, you know? Yeah. No, I... I not that. I love tattoos. <laughs> I think I think they're cool art form. I just haven't haven't gone there yet, and I don't know. I also don't think the cat's out of the bag with them yet. What do you mean? It's a very new thing that it's blown up the last like 20 years to mm. be socially acceptable for, like 15 to have years them. i never really thought them. about it to be honest it's very recent you do <laughs> not see older people with them unless it was prison military or something else really bad <laughs> damn for real <laughs> i've never at, thought about it at, at all i feel like everyone 70. i know has tattoos who's like 70 they have tattoos i mean i don't know a lot of 70 year olds <laughs> <laughs> think of like older folks it's a very new thing mm. Everyone you know, probably people around your age, give or take, you know, you're 26, 27. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that makes sense. But I I, th- I don't – it's rare you see someone who's older that's covered in them. We don't know how it, like, looks yet. <laughs> like, on your skin that's fading and sagging and all that. It's very true. Because it hasn't been around long enough for us to see that. It just, <laughs> fading same thing, and sagging. <laughs> <laughs> same thing with, like, social media. They, it hasn't been around long enough for us to see it's – ramifications like how it's hurting our brains it's (laughs) it's only you know we'll call it max 20 years max but really normalized like the last 10 years i'm certain at least like 46 percent of my brain has atrophied because of social media yeah because it's just so bad think about the days whatever day it is randomly that you're just like not on your phone and not on that how much there are not days like that (laughs) well say you let me on a vacation Mm -mm. no no i am always on my phone it's such a problem maybe like pick a Start off small and pick like a Saturday or Sunday. What day are you busiest, least busiest in the week? I just... Like a Monday, Tuesday? I think... <laughs> I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> no, because I'm trying to take my own advice. Pick like one day and just do like six hours of no phone. That sounds like hell. Six hours? You can't do six hours? I don't think I could do six don't hours. Don't you do it when you sleep? <laughs> Wait. I sleep with my phone playing in the background. <laughs> what? Six hours. So like... Three hours? I think if I was doing something, <laughs> like if I'm working. When you're working. I can right? be off my phone when I'm working. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but if I'm at home and not doing anything, I'm not going to just not be on my phone. I'm like, what am I going to do? I see. Yeah, I see you're saying. No, I mean, 
Mine's definitely always on too because it's like a podcast or an album. Like mm-hmm. it's, I'm not necessarily like scrolling on it, but something is coming from exactly. it. Exactly. I think the longest break I've taken from my phone, like when I'm in the comfort of my home, I got into crocheting a while back. I made this oh, hat nice. actually. That's You made that? I made this hat, yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend's allegedly making me one. She also crochets. Ah. And that looks great. Thank you. This oh. was the first one I ever made. That's a nice yeah, one. Yeah. So I have way better ones now, but this wow. was my first one. How long have you been doing it? Um... Probably like four or five months. Not, not very That's long. That's it? Yeah. This this was the very first one. Um, it looks good. Thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, I think because my hands were so busy, mm-hmm. um, I would just put on like my TV and be watching like a binge watching a show while I was crocheting. Which so that show? would be. Which show? Um, Can I guess? Sure. Is it a guilty pleasure show? You're not going to guess it. <laughs> okay. So it's not one that like, like a cliche, like. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm back. Yeah, it's a Netflix original. Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Is it a cartoon or live action? Live action. Is it drama, comedy, horror, adventure, action? Mm, drama. Drama. It's more like uh, what's it called? Psycholo- period piece. Period piece. Drama. Is it the period piece in this country or is it in a different country? Different country. The Crown. No, but that would be awesome. That's a good guess, though, right? Yeah. Period piece, different country, Netflix original. Drama. Not bad. <laughs> Does the crown count as a period piece? It was like our time. I think it's. it, it starts <laughs> in the 50s, right at the beginning of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Is that, is that That's a period, period piece? piece? It's, I feel like period pieces are like like um, Pride and Prejudice. I think a period piece would be anything that's not now, right? Is it? Maybe. You're right. <laughs> I never thought about it. I always just thought of anything that wasn't contemporary would be considered. Mm. It's a well, different era. The show that I watch, it takes place in like the 1900s, like early 1900s. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Early 1900s. I don't think you're going to guess it. Uh, I love it though. I've watched it like 12 times. 12 times. Early <laughs> 1900s. I have no idea what is it. It's called Anne with an E. I never even heard of this. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's called N with an E? Anne with an E. Anne, like the word, Anne, yeah. the name Anne. Okay. Yeah. I've never heard of it. It's so good. What's it about? Uh, you ever heard of Anne of Green Gables? Yes. It's about that. Okay. Oh. It's like a remake. It's like a okay. TV series about it. That's fascinating. It's okay. so good. That's such a better answer than <laughs> like the Kardashians or... Oh, well, I do love the Kardashians. It's a good show. Why is it a good show? It's just shot really well. It's beautiful. Well, it better be. They're all billionaires. I hope so. <laughs> Shoot. If it wasn't, I'd be like, who in the world produced this? No, I love the Kardashians. I like watching them. I don't love the Kardashians themselves, you know, because there's a lot of issues with the beauty standards they have set. <laughs> but uh, I do yeah, like watching yeah. watching them for just kind of inspiration on um, certain mindsets that you have to have for the kind of, like, world I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily want to be... Filthy, wealthy, rich, like and that. famous for no reason. You don't want that either. Uh, famous for no reason could be fine. <laughs> I'll be cool with that. It's a lot less work. The for mental me. <laughs> psychological damage it must be to be famous for no reason is gotta be bizarre. I mean, <laughs> and not just famous because some people are famous. They are like mega famous, like yeah. beyond top yeah. top level famous. I feel like there's a level you get to where you stop caring, and the Kardashians have managed to continue to care <laughs> yeah. throughout the entire process. And I think that is. That takes a lot of mental fortitude. Like, it's really hard to just be on top of that's everything crazy. all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess like, you could respect that. Right? Yeah. So I think that's why I enjoy watching them because they're so business-minded and they're so focused on just growing their businesses and being businesswomen. And, you know, the same with Selling Sunset. Have you ever watched Selling Sunset? No. It's um, 
I think the Kardashians honestly stole from Selling Sunset, like really? the, the way that they shoot it. Is it, be, is it superseded? Is it before it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll have to check. What's that premise? Like, what's it about? Uh, it, it's just, it's about real estate, um, oh, women okay. in real estate. Um, but they are in on Sunset Boulevard, so they're selling homes off of Sunset Boulevard. Okay. And it's just um, super wealthy, filthy rich people, like selling to super wealthy, filthy rich people. Yeah. And it just keeps going and going. But it's shot so beautifully, and these women are such, like they've come from nothing, and they yeah. have built themselves up and now have all of this wealth. It wasn't just like daddy's money type girls. Like these Kardashians? Are... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hating on my girls, the Kardashians. I... I... I, the Sunset thing sounds interesting. I, <laughs> I need to check that out, and I need to check out at least a couple episodes of the Kardashians before I yeah, you, judge you it as see, harsh I as like, I have There are to. things to like about it. It's not as superficial as it seems. Like okay. it, it really, There are things I love about the Kardashians, the show, in that um, it really represents just like being business-minded, like focusing on your goals, like trying to be better. And then there's some drama thrown in, so you have, you're, you're you gotta kind have of— got drama. Yeah, so you're kind of sucked into the world. Does more. it—is it—, does it, is it Improvise or do you think it's written at all? No, it's not written. It's definitely not written. Mm -mm. At the end credits, does it ever say writers? (laughs) I don't think so. I'm going to look for that because you'd be amazed (laughs) what shows are written. No, I I think Selling Sunset probably has some moments that are written, but uh, I don't think the Kardashians are written. I think they authentically just have crazy-ass lives. Oh, I believe it. (laughs) There's no way they don't have crazy lives. I mean, they're in this place that is, I mean, when you were married to, Kanye West and you're associated with <laughs> oh OJ Simpson. Yeah, you, you don't know? really need to write anything when no, you have like a life like that. The people they're associated with, you know, <laughs> um, um, Jenner, the, the Jenners, like that, the, the whole thing. The mm-hmm. whole thing is like so out in the open and so loud and so epic. Yeah. Good or bad, it is what it is. But yeah, yeah I don't so. know. I would never want to be like that. <laughs> yeah, that's so the thing. Much. I don't want to be like Too super much. wealthy. I've never had any desire to just be like, bleeding money like I feel like I'd feel really guilty I feel guilty I got recently so I told you I'm moving soon mm-hmm. and I got approved for two different houses and um are you buying a house or renting a house okay um and one of them was massive literally huge and it had three bedrooms and an extra room in the back like a sunroom that was yeah. huge as well and I just was like I'm one person. I am not dating. <laughs> I have no kids. Like, but you why could would party, I? Party though. <laughs> I don't. I don't have friends. <laughs> friends. I don't so, believe you. I don't have friends. You don't have friends. I don't have friends. What do you mean you don't have friends? No um, friends. Not one. Not one friend in the world. Who? 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 who you got to talk to somebody. Sister. There you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. My sister and I are very close, but. I, all that to say, I um, <laughs> you're like I'm not talking about. That <laughs> it, I just don't want to hurt people's feelings. Okay, I see what you're saying. But um, I um, all that to say, I was in that giant house and I got approved for it and got a call this morning about it and I just was like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't take this house because I feel guilty taking up. Like that could be for someone who has like a family, yeah. you know. Yeah. What and I'm just gonna be in there by myself, taking. Yeah. You know, I just felt awful, even though I was approved for it and I like, qualified for it and everything checked out. I'm just like, I cannot be that person. So I can't imagine being totally wealthy like that. I think I'd feel so bad and just be giving my money away all the time because I would feel bad. Well, then you'd be a good wealthy person. <laughs> we need more of you because there's a certain amount of wealth. I think is fine and especially if you like worked hard for it. Um, but then it, I don't know where the number is, but it starts to get uh, to the point where for you to have that much, 
someone's or many people are getting exploited exactly. somewhere. Exactly. Too many people. One's too many. So, like, if you work hard and you start a small business and it does well and it makes hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. a year and you make, like, half a million dollars a year, that's, to me, you're pretty wealthy. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. Um, probably not exploiting many people. If anybody at all, you might have a couple employees you pay them. Like, that's fine. But when you get the people, Kardashians, at billions, mm-hmm. how do you have that much money? Yeah. Who are you taking it from to where they don't get it? It's exactly. people way down the the, the, the level. The people. Yeah, people making the clothes, people making the makeup, people mining the chemicals and the and, and the uh, so minerals to make the makeup. Eat, just to eat. And the Kardashians, like not the Kardashians themselves, but like people at that level of wealth are just, have they have excess and so, so much. much. And these people are, other people are just trying to get food on their tables. And yeah. I just can't imagine being in that position. I would never be okay with myself. You don't seem like someone who would just be <laughs> in that position. No, n- <laughs> No, no, by your pr- perspective, by your attitude. Like you, you saying I'll never be rich? No, I'm saying you won't allow for it, right? You're just like, I'm sure if that, it, you seem like someone, based on what you just told me, mm. that if an opportunity arose and someone, maybe you had an idea or some type of product and a company, a venture capitalist company, uh, said it was worth, you know, $100 million mm. and you were able to sell it for that. And since you're the sole owner, you'll get like all of that. And after taxes, you have like $60 million. You strike me as someone that probably tried to do something decent with that much money. So yeah. Could maybe start another business where you can hire some people <laughs> and have them give them an income. Man, first insurance. thing I would do is hire a lawyer because I oh, would yeah. not know what to do with all that money. A good lawyer and a good accountant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone I could trust too because I heard about so many cases of accountants just like stealing money from people. Oh, yeah. I need like an accountant. I could. Trust. What you need is an accountant. I just get an accountant degree. There you go. Become your own. Hire just do your sister. There you go. <laughs> Become an accountant. No, you get an accountant that you you hire two lawyers. One that checks on the accountant mm-hmm. and the legal the legalities of their transactions, mm-hmm. and then a lawyer who they all check each other. Right. You get this trifecta of all of them checking each other. But they can't ever communicate with each no. other. No. Yeah. They, you yeah. can't let them know that that trifecta is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good idea. Because otherwise they'll gang up and take everything. <laughs> no, no, I definitely, I, I never know what's happening with like donations. So I'm always like, I'm always so hesitant like to donate money mm-hmm. because I'm just like, wait, what's actually happening with it? Yeah. So I, I, I would probably end up applying my money in a way that I, I know what's happening with it, that it's being distributed in a um, very ec- like economically friendly mm-hmm. way <laughs> to everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think what I would probably try to do is start an organization that um, can be donated to and then kind of push that out so that way I can know what's going on. Because I just never know blindly just throwing money. But then there's the someone just like you on the other side. When you go, hey, you should donate to this, and they go, but where is it going to? (laughs) Yeah, but that doesn't stop anything from, and it doesn't stop progress, you know? So at the same time, you know, I think that's the reason we have different organizations in the first place, so. Yeah, some keep more money than others for their own staff and administration. Yeah. A lot of that, I've done, there was that, that, there's a popular, like, dog one for, like, animals, dogs. Mm -hmm. They always see them up and down in Michigan. Yeah, they got me once. And then I looked it up. (sighs) What, you know something about them? I know some stuff. Well, I'll tell you what I found out. You tell me how much more you know. I just saw that like 83% of it doesn't go to anything but like their own administration. It's yeah. like, what? I've heard similar. 83%. <laughs> I mean, this was six, seven, six or seven years ago, so it could change by now. Mm-hmm. But I was like, whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> I was expecting like 20% or less or something. Because mm-hmm. you got to have something go to 
making the system run. Right. I get that. It's not going to 100% go to the dogs and cats. 83 is a nice that's a, chunk. That's a big number. Yeah. Yeah. It's like how big, what, what's going on with that? Well, what do, you, what do you know about them? Because you No, that, uh, that's, I heard similar. Yeah. yeah. I've heard similar situations. I yeah. just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's, and <laughs> that's they're the not issue. the only like, ones I that don't, do that, you know? I, I think, if anything, I would, I'd love to, like, do scholarships or grants mm. or, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. actually benefit people. Mm-hmm. Like grants for small businesses? Oh, Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. For artists, for yeah. an album, for an artist van. Oh, my gosh. Grants for artist albums would be. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm stealing that. No one take No it. one take that. <laughs> well, if I ever that. have a lot of money, i do the same thing. If I had a lot of money, I would, because I know so much about the music world, especially at this level, I would mess with bands so badly. I would just, like, buy them, like, a brand new, like, $40,000, like, tour van. Just oh. show up to their house and just like just tie a pinning to it. Yeah, just mess with them. They're like, what is it? Like, it's yours. They're like, what do you mean it's mine? Like, just take it. Just like mess with people, like in a fun way. I have fun with the money. Why not? And then you could start a whole show about it, and that could be a reality of your show about how you like mess with people by giving them really crazy gifts. They you're very expecting. you're hitting that Ty Pennington era. You know mm-hmm. who Ty Pennington is? It sounds familiar. Extreme makeover guy. You never watched Extreme Makeover Home Edition where he would like go and redo people's homes? I've heard of it, but I I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a spiky. The whole hair. move that bus guy. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to reality TV shows, I I, I know like one percent. Like mm. it's been a part of my whole life and I know so little because I just never really watched them. Mm. I've seen them on the background, this, this and that, but never really watched it. There's one is one I watched recently, and it is so obnoxious. Botched? I would never watch that show. Oh, my God. It, I probably would get sick. <laughs> I can't watch stuff like that. It's the, I cannot watch medical stuff. So that it gets pretty gruesome. I'm not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> I've but, seen clips. And oh, yeah. I'm like, I will never watch it. It was pretty gruesome. I was like, oh. But the only smallest percent of saving grace that show has is when they do work on a client who doesn't have a botched surgery from a previous um, plastic surgery Mm -hmm. that they want to enhance something, say it's breasts or liposuction or something. Mm -hmm. But um, they were, like, born with an issue or, you know, something they didn't do. This one guy, like, had a car accident and, like, just messed up his nose. And so he had got plastic surgery to fix it. Mm -hmm. Like, that – but, like, he had many surgeries and nothing worked and they finally fixed it. Mm -hmm. So that's that's good. I'm like, good. Like, that can change someone's life forever to not feel mangled anymore. Yeah. But for those listening, plastic surgery is not – it wasn't initially designed for to make breasts bigger and lips bigger Mm -hmm. and Brazilian butt lift and all that. Mm -hmm. It was designed – I had a serious plastic surgery when I was a kid, so I know exactly what it's for. It's Mm. to make you whole again when you got messed up in an accident or a birth defect. Mm -hmm. But what people have done with plastic surgery, how they bastardize it, (laughs) I I don't have the kindest thoughts about it, to be honest. They made it an art. I guess you can call it that. I mean, some of it is really like, wow. Wow. Wow, I would never do that. <laughs> but good for you, buddy. No, I definitely, I've always wanted to get work done. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to get work What's done. What's up with that? Why? Y'all it's... are beautiful. There's like, there's three things you got to do. Sleep, eat well, exercise. All humans. That does not make my nose change shape. Your nose is beautiful. I'm not saying I have an ugly nose. I'm just saying you I would change your nose? I wouldn't mind a different nose. 
I'm not opposed to a different nose. Really? That doesn't make, mean I dislike my current nose. <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around liking your nose, but still wanting to change it. Huh. Yeah. Why? It's I so, mean, I like my bizarre. apartment, but I, I like new apartments. I mean, that's not the same thing. <laughs> this is apples and oranges. You can, uh, uh, an apartment's modular. You can alter it and change it however you want. Add mm-hmm. things, take away things. A nose is a, is a fixed biological thing. But I don't know. I don't know. You could always change it back. I feel like when talking to women <laughs> about this amount of my element, I'm like, I guess I'll just never understand. You know. might not. I don't think I will. Yeah. I should just accept defeat. <laughs> I wonder what the percentage of, like, um, for the sake of this, we'll call it superficial plastic surgeries versus medical ones. Mm-hmm. Um, how many, what's the demographic of, like, uh, male versus female? Like, what percentage mm-hmm. get that? I wonder. I'm a, yeah. I, would, I would guess, a wild educated guess, it would lean more towards female but that just depends know. on where you are right yeah so maybe y'all are just not telling us something maybe I mean, the guys are getting more work done than we think this you could be right <laughs> probably in hollywood and miami and oh, stuff definitely, definitely in hollywood and miami definitely. are you kidding me oh 100 have you seen matt rife his yeah. whole face changed <laughs> you think it's plastic surgery it 100 is plastic yeah. surgery it's literally obviously plastic oh surgery. really yeah. I, I don't know what he looked like before yeah he got his teeth done like completely redid his entire oh, mouth i don't know what he's he looked gotten like before. some fillers some jawline adjustment like you could just tell okay see i've only yeah. started to see him in the last i don't know six months so yeah <laughs> yeah he's not in the best uh, situation right now no <laughs> no why because he uh he had a netflix special come out yeah and he um was he opened up with like a domestic violence joke and i guess that was a problem because the majority of his audience is women and the main reason that he is um, as popular as he is is because of women and his whole netflix special just seemed to be bashing on women <laughs> yeah <laughs> see i i saw the special mm. but i don't i don't know the foundation. you watched that special I, I just watched like all of them so i have an idea of like wow. what's going on why i i, I just would never why <laughs> well i just i'm not really a big fan of comedians like oh. like i mentioned like i'm not huge on comedians mm-hmm. but um yeah no I, I know that he's in some some pretty hot water right now because eh, oh and then he um People were outraged about some of the stuff that he said, and so he posted on Instagram on his story, and he was like, to everyone that's offended by my video, here's a link to my apology, and you click on it, and it's a link to special needs helmets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, the troll. just very... Inappropriate. I, I have, yeah, I, comedians are a wild, weir, uh, weird world that, I mean, I have some comedian friends not at that level, and they are by far the most, how do I say this without sounding terrible? They are the most messed up human beings I've ever met. I met so many different kinds. They, they make musicians look them. like saints. Yeah, I think that's why I'm not crazy and about musicians comedians. are wild. <laughs> and they they make like every other artist and art form mm-hmm. look like just the like you went to Harvard and got a business degree. Like they make <laughs> it just look so like good because yeah. it's such a wild form because you have to find a way to make masses laugh and that yeah. takes you inherently it does take a risk. Now where that risk goes is risky and you don't know. Mm-hmm. So I respect the risk taking but the outcome's always who knows, you know. Yeah, I tend to try to watch – I don't like all of the stand-up specials, but I tend to try to watch as many as I can just to – 
because they're such a they're like a a frozen time capsule of like pop culture sometimes and where it is because they're they're so they travel so much they meet all these people and they're always kind of like saying things right as they come out mm-hmm. maybe something controversial in the news it's always kind of right there just to see what it's like and I do enjoy I guess I have my own reality TV like when I hear that stuff and how outraged people get yeah. about a special um, a Chris Rock thing or Dave Chappelle thing I'm always just like man people really get like care about what people say yeah like I mean they should <laughs> yeah they definitely should yeah, it, it, if you have a platform and you're using it to to do things like that, yeah, uh, that's kind of it says a lot about your character and what kind of impact you want to have in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I don't, I don't ever want to have as many followers as Matt Rife does and then post something like that. That is probably the most disgusting thing I've ever. Yeah, he probably could have seen. a better. I I would if I were him, I still would have made a joke out of, it, but not. Not that kind of joke. I would have said something different, like in an apologetic but funny way, you know? Because, like, what else can you do? It just was so distasteful. Huh. I have to have to look. I didn't know about that. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine having so many people follow you and having a platform like that and and being that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just blows my mind. Hmm. Blows my mind. Hmm. You know, I, if I had a platform as big as Matt Rives, I would hope I'd be using it to, to do some good. Yeah, yeah. No. I I don't think a lot of comedians do very exactly much good. I think with that's their why platform. I don't fuck with plat- like <laughs> I don't fuck with comedians because I I just I don't find them funny. I don't think I I think when you are trying to be funny, it makes you less funny to me. Yeah, I don't know. Not, not, what about like more mid tier ones that aren't so famous and they're just kind of? Well, I do like comedians like those, like yeah. Curtis Connor, for example. I love Curtis Connor. I think Curtis Connor is hilarious, but I think Curtis Connor is funny because he is funny, not because he's trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. You know, he just is, and that's like a different thing. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The comedian thing's tricky, but it's just like any other art form. There's music, certain music you like, certain yeah. ones you don't. Comedy is the same way. I'll check out a bunch of stuff, and I'm like, mm, I'm, that's not for me. That is, that's mm-hmm. not. But it's a fine line. Yeah, that's the thing. Out of all art forms, it is like a. It's very fine. Yeah, because it's the one that like times change a lot and quickly, mm-hmm. and comedians have to get with the times. And if you're too outdated, you will become controversial. Yeah. And if you're too ahead of your time, you'll become controversial. That's very true. So, you have to be in this weird mm-hmm. fine line, like purgatory. Just yeah. get it right, just right. And, and music's not quite. No, the art form is quite like that. I mean, there is some. You got to be kind of relevant, but. Nowadays, when it comes to specifically things like um, music and like visual fine art, painting and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's like an amalgamation of everything that's ever happened. So you can kind of get away with being like out of date. Like if um, someone who's making a song has like a 50s like bebop style behind it, mm-hmm. but then is like rapping in a modern way, that people would be fine with it. Especially mm-hmm. if they like found a clever way to have samples within it. Yeah. You know, I think that's why Kanye got so big. I mean, he did so he did so amazing with using samples um, from older songs mm-hmm. and, and modernizing it in a way that was um, ahead of its time. So yeah. it's just like right on that line. It's perfect. Yeah, music yeah. can be. It could be uh, because not you that can... I support Kanye. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not. I'm not giving. I'm not doing. He's a complicated one. Because, <laughs> you know what's funny about Kanye? I heard his name growing up a little bit because I was in high school, mm. but n- not quite yet. And then I saw Mel Alpalooza in 2008. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. 2008? Yeah, I was 18. God, I'm trying to think. <laughs> you were 12. <laughs> oh, my God. And, um... That was crazy. Right? Camp Rock had just come out. <laughs> yeah, what else? It was... Was it 808 and Heartbreak? Was that 2008? I don't remember. But anyway, <laughs> but when I saw his video of him at the Grammys mm-hmm. and how he, like, messed with Taylor Swift, I was like, this guy's kind of a jackass. He's kind of rude. Like really, why, why is he like? Why is he doing that? Yeah. And ever since that moment, I was just like off his train, and he got bigger and bigger. Everyone fell more and more in love with him. And for I guess it would be thirteen years because mm-hmm. his big issue happened last October. So yeah, thirteen years of me just being like, this guy's kind of he's just rude. Like I don't like how he talks to people. I just don't <laughs> like. Like he's so wealthy and famous and popular. Why is he gotta like do that? Mm-hmm. And then now everyone's like, oh, come like, where you? Do you guys not see how he was treating people for like yeah. the last thirteen years? Yeah, probably longer. He gets away with a lot because he's he got man. away with too much. <laughs> and I couldn't believe. It. I was like, why does he get away with this? I think a lot of times men in the music industry get away with a ton. Yeah, a ton of stuff that women would never get away with. I agree. I've with been that. going through this really really difficult time with a guy in the music industry now, like in this music scene. And it's just so crazy to me what he gets away with and what he's allowed to say and allowed to do and allowed to get away with. And then when it pertains to me, my reactions to any of that is like more controversial than what he's actually doing. Um, you know, and that's just very incredibly frustrating because is someone like works at a venue or something? No, no, no. Just someone who I collaborated with in the past. Okay. Um and, you know, just disappointed in in the outcome of our working relationship, honestly. Mm-hmm. But just to see the way that he um takes my brand or um, my everything I've worked for, mm-hmm. the people I work with, even members of my band, and he will defame me and rip my name apart and say all these negative things about me and do it repeatedly, constantly around town to the point where it's getting back to me from multiple people. Really? But no one sees that I'm not doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone just hears about me and believes what they hear and they don't see the person that's doing all the yapping and mm-hmm. they're not looking at this person going, why are you doing this? Why are you tearing apart someone who's not here to defend themselves? And why are yeah. you running around doing it to everybody that they know? Like, isn't that an issue? Like, don't you, it's crazy because instead of holding him accountable for doing that, the heat comes back to me for all the things he's saying about me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, just incredibly frustrating what stuff. men. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly frustrating what men get away with in the music scene, and I think I really genuinely think it's a lot of sexism going on mm-hmm. just with that situation in particular. You know, why would he just make up? Like, why is he just making up stuff? Just jealous or something? Um, I don't know about that. I don't think he's jealous, but I do think that there. Um, I think that I am often, and not just me, but women in the music scene are very often put on a pedestal and expected to be a certain way or act or behave a certain way in in this scene, you know. And I think that um, he and I um, and some other friends, we had a time out together um, one night and it just didn't go the best, you know. And I was not my best self that night. And I think that um, when people hold you in a pedestal, like put you up high like that, 
They don't expect you to be a human being or ever make mistakes or ever do anything wrong, ever. <laughs> and then when you show that you're a person and you're not just the this idea of a person, um, I think sometimes people will paint you as what you are in a moment and not who you've been to them this entire time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know for a fact that I was an amazing friend to this person for a very long time. And not just this person, but all of our communities that we share, because we shared a lot of people. And I know that I was good to my people. You know, I treated them well. I treat everyone. I take good care of my band and my people. I always do. And um, But people will hold you to a single moment in time and then use that to run around and say a bunch of negative things about you and kind of change the way that people perceive you based mm-hmm. off of one solitary one moment. One time, yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's the issue. Because even then, that day, I wasn't doing anything but being annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I was just a little more irritating, <clears throat> you know. And I think um, if I if I was a man, it wouldn't be as big of a deal, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I think about that constantly. I think that a lot of men are allowed to make colossal mistakes and get away with it. And women are not allowed to have a moment where they're just not as buttoned up as we have to be in this scene. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to have a moment, you know, or a, a human moment. Yeah. And it's just very frustrating um, that people will not allow you to just make mistakes and move on from them, but they will hold you to the mistakes and, and like, change the way that people perceive you off of those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been very, it's been a very frustrating process, you know, hearing things about yourself that you didn't even know. You're just like, oh, really? (laughs) I I didn't know I did that. (laughs) I I, I didn't know. Just big old rumors. A lot of them. That's terrible. It's constant, and it's discouraging. Um, Do you you ever reach out to this person like, can we talk about this? Like, why are you doing that? No. um, That person would not stop reaching out to me to the point where it became a situation I was considering like legal (laughs) oh wow because it was just too much it was constantly hey how are you you're not responding to me why aren't you responding to me can we meet up can we talk can we do this and I'm just like I have every right to not speak to you (laughs) stop trying to force me to Mm. um they even went so far as to try to go over my head like to force a meeting with me by contacting my employer (laughs) And asking my employer to have mediation with me. That is crazy. Well, that's a bit much. It's crazy. And it wasn't the first time. It was the second time. I had already lost a job because of it. Oh, my God. So this was the second. Wait, it you became, lost the job I lost my. Yeah, I lost one of my jobs because this person was relentless and was constantly saying all this negative stuff about me that it got back to my employer. And they were like, listen, we don't want to be a part of whatever you got going on and I ended up like losing that job and then I went got another job everything was good peaceful and this person started showing up at my job (laughs) and just it became a thing to where I was like do I need to consider legal action at this point because they are actively trying to mess with me and my reputation and are they like like in love with you, obsessed with you. <laughs> I can't like, speak to that. I don't know. Why else would you go that far? Unless you're just. I'm not saying that's an excuse, think, but that's. I think it's because I refused to have a conversation. I have every right to not speak with someone who I know for a fact is actively defaming me. Yeah. I have every right to be like, no, stay away from me. Yeah. Get away from me. <clears throat> yeah. And um, they are not respecting that boundary. So. 
I think that it's infuriating for them that I'm not engaging at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you are gone, deleted from my life. Like, get away from me. And so they just continue to show up to places that I'm at in the hopes of cornering me, in the hopes of getting me to talk to them and forcing it to the point where they are texting my boss asking me for a meeting. That is crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy behavior. That's not good. Yeah. It's just, it's so much. And then... That does require legal action. It does. Sadly. Yeah. And it affected that job too, like in a very, very negative way. And um, it got to the point where I was getting screenshots from my own band members of this same person reaching out to people I've worked with and asking them questions about me and asking um, them why certain things happened in my personal life. Like, just being so invasive Mm -hmm. with my own life. Um, And it just, it's just so much, you know, and it makes me, it's it's definitely discouraging to just be constantly under attack like this. You need to take care of somebody Friday? (laughs) You can fuck them up for me, you know what I'm saying? I know some people, (laughs) all right? But it's hard, it's hard because um, this person has more clout than me. And so Ugh. whatever they say about me, people just believe. And it's you just been a very frustrating off, experience. Off mic, you got <laughs> I don't think you've had them on, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> I, this, the the biggest pet peeve, I'm sorry that you're going with it, by the way. That's that's really not cool. I'm and trying so hard bummer. to like use discretion. <laughs> I, I get it. I can tell. It, I get it. I, yeah, no. When you when you do enough and you rise far enough and you find yourself in a lot of circles, uh, sadly, eventually the math's against your favor. Something's gonna go wrong. Someone who might be struggling with something in their life, mental illness, illness, or something else, might latch on to you, and for some reason is gonna be relentless towards you, mm-hmm. good or bad, overbearing, stalking, um, creepy, ruthless, mm-hmm. just whatever it is. Stalking's so easy now; you can do it. Without getting in trouble, it's called the internet. Yeah, it's called, it's called Instagram <laughs> yeah. and Facebook and Twitter. And I've I've TikTok. literally lost members of my band because of this situation. Oh my god! Yeah, my band members straight up were like, "We think it's just time." Not not all of them, but uh, some of them were like, "It's time because we share these band members." Oh no! So they picked a side, you know, <laughs> and it wasn't why, my side. Why doesn't this person just leave you alone? Move on. I could literally, I'm going to show you some, some w- screenshots. Was it just because you guys <laughs> just didn't see eye to eye to something? That's it? I'll tell you off camera. Okay, okay. sorry. I don't <laughs> but, want to intrude. No, no, it's okay. But um, no, the I, I literally have messages of me just saying, leave me alone. Stop texting me. Leave me alone. Who the heck what? is knocking right now? Who that? Do you have artists coming tonight? No, not that I'm aware of. Maybe someone's just walking past and knocked. That would be really strange. Does that happen? No. <laughs> All right. Commercial break. I just sorry. I just looked at my phone. I was like, that was weird. Do you want to go? Go. Nah, it's fine. Don't go away. Okay. <laughs> what if it's your DoorDash or something? I don't have DoorDash. <laughs> Is that door locked? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was weird. Um, I was like, did I double book something? I was like, no. <laughs> um, where were we? Yeah, when you when you do enough people, you're going to bump into some people that might have some mental health problems. Yeah. Uh, anger management issues, alcohol abuse. I mean, when drugs get involved, it gets bad. Yeah. And it sucks. I mean, I unfortunately have had to have 
not the same experience, but my own versions of hell mm -hmm. and not so good of situations and had, you know, some blocking. I've had to block too many people and mm -hmm. not because I want to. It's just gets. It gets to the point you have to stop it. Like, yeah. You have to make it stop. Like and I had, I have blocked so many accounts from the same person that I'm just like. Oh, they've made multiple accounts. They they had multiple. I don't think they were making them just uh, to talk to me. Okay. <laughs> but no, they have more than one account. Um, yeah. And I've had to block multiple accounts because I'm just like, you are, on, you're watching me. Yeah. It's weird. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> you know, it's just strange. It is strange. And I think because I'm a woman, I am not believed when I say this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very frustrating because I, I sat down with each of my band members and explained to them the situation. And still they left my band and went to go play with this guy, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, whatever other factors came into them deciding to do that. Maybe because this guy's more active, maybe because he has more clout. It could be a number of things, but it doesn't make it less disappointing to me, mm -hmm. you know, that I voiced, I am being literally harassed <laughs> and constantly am being attacked or feeling attacked, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, by the same person. Um, right. And you don't want to be put under pressure to have to be like, put it all over the internet because right. that's a whole nother And that's the thing. thing. Everyone's just like, why haven't you said anything? Why haven't you posted anything? I'm like... Why would I do that? That's not my character. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm not the one that's running around talking shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not doing that. It should be very obvious who is the issue here. Mm -hmm. And it's the person that's doing all of this. You know, It's the one that's doing the most and acting the most and saying all this stuff when I'm not around to defend myself. Yeah, It's just, it's crazy to me. And I, I genuinely think that if, if I was a man, this would be a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, definitely. <laughs> It's, I, whenever I see those types of posts in the scene, which I, you know, at least once a year, there's something pretty big or not so good that's going down and someone posts about it. I'm always just like, I never know, I never know what to, to do unless they have, like, you have, like, screenshots, unless they, ha unless they show they have stuff. so many. Right. And I show which them. Which is good because then you can prove things. <laughs> yeah. But when they just say something happened, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know you that mm -hmm. well. I don't know that person that well. Mm -hmm. You both have conflicting stories and no one has proof of anything. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So what sucks is if you don't have too much evidence, then you're – it's almost worse if you come out. You know, it's crazy. It's even crazier because I, I have every screenshot. And I showed every screenshot to the people who needed to see them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out here sending them to people. But sure. when I had a conversation, I would sit down and show them on my phone, so that like, no one has anything to share with each other, you know. Um, and I have all the proof, and I know the other person does not. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, how do you still not believe me? Like, how yeah. I just, it blows my mind. Sadly, could be a case of a true narcissist, you know. Because sadly, I said sadly twice too much, <laughs> that word gets used a lot for mm -hmm. someone who might just be mad or be heartbroken. He's an artist. It's like, no, you just didn't work out. Like, that does happen too, you know? Right. So it's unfortunate because there is a percentage of the population that really does have parts of the, you know, the dark triad. Mm -hmm. And at one point, you meet enough people, you're going to meet a few people like that. And you, you kind of start to know it when you see it. But... What do you do with someone like that? So relentless, just keeps going and going and, and is suave enough to manipulate. I almost moved people. out of Chicago. I almost left. Oh, my God. Because like, I told you I was moving. Like, I'm moving this yeah. week. I'm moving on Friday. Yeah. Um, and I almost didn't 
stay in Chicago Jeez. because it just was so much. It That's was so brutal. relentless. And it's still ongoing. Like, it's not even, I know it's not even over. It's still going. I'll have to talk to my people. <laughs> I know a couple of knee breakers out there. <laughs> I'm pretty, yeah. And it's, it's, I think it's even more isolating because I, I, I'm here alone. You know, I don't have any family in Chicago. I have no one to back me up. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm just, I'm my own defense. Whereas this person has so many friends and is so connected and is blackballing me actively just because they want to, just because they feel like I deserve it. And I think that's just... It's messed up. It's very <clears throat> messed up. Well, I have one piece of good news for you. What's that? A person who behaves and lives that way will never make it because eventually they get smelled out. They get found out. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't think it's a good to be like cutthroat in a cutthroat way. Yeah. I think you should be cutthroat towards yourself to have high standards and push yourself to work hard. That's true. But I don't think you should be cutthroat to other people because people remember. I have a good memory and I remember I have remembered all of the n- true nasty slants mm. towards me. Not many. There hasn't been many, thank God. I think that says a lot about, you know, the people you keep you around you. Yeah. But there has been a few and I'll never forget them because they're so harsh and so bad. Mm-hmm. And that those people aren't really doing they haven't made it anywhere because they you get found out mm-hmm. a drifter a grifter uh, a psychopath a, a con artist they have mm-hmm. to move from city to city they have to get out of there and it's harder now with the internet to do that yeah. because people catch on to a psychopath to a person who's ruthless and mm-hmm. is out there just only for themselves lying to everyone around them conning them deceiving them it doesn't last long mm-hmm. so I don't that person might have the clout now but it's not it won't last forever i hope it comes to light and that if you're behaving that way it won't last long i hope other people who i guess people find worthy of belief more than me Mm -hmm. will speak out about it when it happens to them Mm -hmm. because it's just so much i i don't i don't think i'm the only girl he's done this to but i do think i am the most um involved in the scene with him Mm -hmm. and so he's using that to his advantage and I, I really hope that someone who's not me can do something about it because I don't know what to do <laughs> if I knew if I was in I'd, I'd do something do. about it <laughs> I've just been another... minding my business like keeping to myself yeah um, but that seems to just be hurting me because he's just he's just going just keeps going there's no stop to it and it, it's a lot easier um, on a physical level usually when when men, men do it down to women Exactly. And, and on a physical level, not exactly. that you're lower than us. Um, because if someone really, if someone has tried to do some Connie stuff to me, like pretend to work for me and go to shows. Shut up. Oh, yeah. And that is crazy. Oh, yeah. This person sucked. <laughs> but <laughs> this person was, this, there's, oh, I couldn't even say it on this podcast because it'd be too many names. This person <laughs> was ruthless, truly um, unstable. Wow. And, one one time, I was trying to be nice to this person. It was a guy, and he 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 went like, went on dates with people I knew, then sent photos of them together to me, like while they're on that date without them knowing, like mm-hmm. trying to like fall like look who I get to go, like lying. Mm-hmm. And I had a contact. I contacted the person. I'm like, this person's sending me photos of you guys. I think he's just going out with you to get a rise out of me. Because why else would he send photos to me of what you guys, like, in photo booths and, like, hanging out and, like, having a romantic time? That's very strange. Yeah, that's really and I, I wasn't, like, kind of friend with him either. It wasn't like, hey, man, I met this girl. Check her out. It wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. 
I don't talk to the person. He's just sending me stuff. Mm-hmm. Very weird. But I had to call him out one time, and I had to scream at him. And I never saw him again. <laughs> but, like, I'm a guy, and I'm not, like, the smallest guy. I'm not the biggest guy, but I'm not the smallest guy either. Mm-hmm. It's different. I'm not really scared yeah. physically at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope no one knows how to fight well. But, I'm, you know, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not that scared. So I will, I will have no, not too much of an issue raising my voice and, like, threatening yeah. something, you know. Yeah. Luckily, I'm not scared of him either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bigger than him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can take him in a heartbeat. Him and his bitch. <laughs> Dang. Listen, I got your back. I'm no, on your side. It's I don't crazy. like when people do that stuff. And I don't it's like crazy, extreme I was gossip so either. Because I was so supportive. You know? I was so supportive of this person. I went to every single show. Like, I was such a good friend. I know for a fact I was such a good friend of this person. And it's just crazy how quickly people forget. You yeah. Know? So crazy. I Through this podcast, everyone's going to figure out who the heck it is. I hope they fucking do. Dang. Because I hope that they realize, like, this is psychotic behavior and he needs to leave me alone. <laughs> like, damn. I just, I hope they, I hope that, that he gets his shit together and resolves it. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, the yeah. music industry it's, it's so crazy. To be quite ruthless. As it almost <laughs> has the least amount of like love for the amount of effort you put into it. Yeah. You it's know? definitely not the most lucrative business. No, <laughs> not the most lucrative, the least thankful. You could I mean, to make an album, the amount of time, practice, money, even pre practice, pre history of learning how to sing. Mm-hmm. You might spend your whole life learning how to play an instrument and sing and write and compose to make an album. I'd spend thousands of dollars on it, plus everyone else's part in it. Mm-hmm. Put it out there and, you know, get a couple, a couple hundred listens, maybe make, you know, a hundred bucks. <laughs> and you're like. Yeah. It's like, it's very little reward. Very little reward. It's crazy that it's set up that way. Well, my goal in life is to change that, but I need more money. Because <laughs> I just, I know. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the same thing with Spotify, iTunes. YouTube music, any any streaming service, they're the biggest, some of the biggest companies in the world that own them or mm-hmm. at least are part of them. Why are they that way? Because again, back full circle, somewhere along the line, they're exporting people. Who are they yeah. exporting? You and I. Right. And I'm not saying people come up with ideas and make a big company shouldn't make good money. Mm-hmm. They should. It's a great incentive to keep great ideas coming through this country. But the disparity between it is too much. It's gone too too far. I'm not saying we should have a communist country and all make the same, <laughs> you know? But do you need a billion? Will you be okay with 500 million? That other 500 million can go I to the artist? You know what I'm saying? There the, should be a shelf. It's too extreme <laughs> on like how far you can go with making money and how little you can pay your bottom employees. Mm-hmm. It's so extreme. It's not right. Exactly. And there you will have happier company and happier employees and longevity if you're taking care of them. There should be a wealth, like a, a cap on it and then it should be redistributed naturally. There just should be a better system overall. Well, a lot of people in um, Roosevelt, when, he, when this started to change in the 30s and 40s and 50s because the tax for uh, wealthier people was much, much higher back mm-hmm. then, 80, 90%. Be. But a lot of what they were doing, it wasn't they were, the employees were making more money. True, like people mm-hmm. like our grandparents could not go to college and still own a house mm-hmm. and like get a good job and stuff. It was actually way more normal than it is now. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, they were putting it back into their own company for DNR, like research and development, mm-hmm. making better companies, mm-hmm. which had employees working at that got paid better, have a better environment, more longevity. 
So like they were making less money, but still very rich. Just not every CEO wasn't making 500 times their employees. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're making 50 times. I think if you carry that stress and the weight of the company and all eyes on you, you should be taken care of for that. Right. It just shouldn't be that extreme. But they're taking that money and it was trickling down to the employees, which is good, and back into the company to make it a better place mm-hmm. for like everyone, the customers, the employees, the investors, trades, everything. And I don't, I mean, it's where I think a lot of quality of products have dropped over the last, you know, 50 years. Because, again, they're also making the stuff here mm-hmm. and hiring people here. So to, at the expense of the people and the customers and the employees now, anyone who is a CEO at a company or of the higher administration or executive parts, they make so much more money. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem right now at Columbia College Chicago. Like I was teaching there. Really? For a semester. I was teaching in audio arts and acoustics. I was teaching in audio production in one class, give or take. Like what 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 it what the actual title title is, it's just production one and two. It was great. I went to school there, so it was pretty surreal to come back and be a professor there. Mm. But we've been now in the last six weeks, five weeks, six weeks, the longest adjunct faculty strike in US history. And I'm not coming back to teach because of it. They're not have. They're getting rid of three hundred and forty nine courses. Wow! I think it's not looking good, and they're still striking. And I'm not. I have nowhere to. I'm not. I'm still teaching at a different school, but I'm not able to teach there anymore. I was hoping to grow there, and it's because a big issue is a lot of the administration. Mm. They're five or six vice presidents. They're president and CEO of a college. Um, all make too much. They make so much money. Like I think the president CEO is around a million dollars. He makes. Uh, at an education institution, not like a big, you know, free market business, although it kind of feels that way sometimes. <laughs> and then all the presidents and any executive that's high up, they make so much money while the adjunct who are the core of that school, that school thrives on adjunct faculty more than most, mm-hmm. 70% of their faculty is adjunct. And they do that because Chicago's such a big music and arts mecca that they want their faculty to like beat involved like through like really really thorough in their professionalism and like the music scene like me and what I do and then teach that like Mm -hmm. bring it to the students and have real life experience don't be stuck in academia and completely detached from like the actual professional world that you so claim to be a part of right so they do that well and that's what was cool about going there you like they teach one or two classes but then like they have their own studio. They work at a record label. Like they can show you and teach you the real thing, mm-hmm. not hypothetical, actual. Uh, so I think that because they're just kind of like shooing away all these faculty that are adjunct. I don't. I don't know how the school's going to survive by cutting all those classes and like doubling down, like making class sizes bigger, which is always a big no-no, mm-hmm. specifically for private schools, because the best education you get is when it's more let teacher to student ratio is small. Right. So that's a big problem. It's been like all over the news, people picketing up and down Michigan Avenue. It's been no going idea. on for like five weeks. I had no clue. Yeah, the longest one in history. Wow. Yeah. So many strikes going on. Yeah, it's because people are finally waking up like, why are we being paid so little exactly. to do the work? Like We're doing the real work. We're on the ground, oh my front gosh. line. I felt that way back when I used to be a um, behavioral therapist mm. because um, you would have, excuse me, you'd have a supervisor um, above you who would just create your lesson plans as a behavioral therapist and then you as a behavioral therapist would actually have to spend three hour sessions with these clients and implementing the plan but the 
the person who made the plans probably sat down for like 45 minutes and made it and then gave it to you to do. And you have to implement that plan for three hour sessions over the course of an entire year. Um, and then uh, like multiple times a week at that. Mm -hmm. So you're just doing all of the work. Yeah. <laughs> like, and all of it's just, it feels like you're making pennies on the dollar essentially for just yeah. to be doing everything mm -hmm. and having that person that's above you making so much more like yeah literally like four times as much as you yeah um is that you went to school for being to like psychology or sociology yes. yeah i went for child psychology okay yeah. i do remember you bringing that up before right? <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and then it's probably someone who has like the second they have like a phd or something or or it's not even that it's no? just a bachelor's <laughs> oh they just also just had a bachelor's, a bachelor's. yeah really <laughs> yeah Wow, I thought they must would have had like might have been a doctor or something. You know? mm -mm, no. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it's just about your your position and your level of experience, and it's just it's wild to be implementing. You, like my job is just to follow the plan. Mm -hmm. She creates the plan, but the plan is very simple. You know, mm -hmm. it's it takes probably like half an hour to make, if that. You know. How so. do you get that job? Just a plan making job. <laughs> the plan making job. Mm -hmm. um, well, you definitely have to be able to fill the role. Um, have mm -hmm. you have to have years of experience being a behavioral therapist first. So there's that. Um, How long did you do that for? I only did it for a year because I wanted to kill myself. By the really? end of it, it was so stressful. Yeah. It was the most stressful job I've ever had. Yeah. No. Yeah. Any type of therapy <laughs> when it comes to like a psychological therapy. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, that is, I can't imagine being a professional. Like Working in healthcare is, uh, oh. is like not it. No. <laughs> I am no. not the one for it. Healthcare, it's, it's sad where we place our value in mm -hmm. society. If you look good and compose well on Instagram, we'll give you all this money. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a fashion line, we'll give you all this money. If you mm -hmm. come up with a tech idea, we'll give you all this money. But... The people who actually, like, actually make it work, construction workers, teachers, nurses, um, firemen, police officers, that all of it, the way they're valued and the, the price they pay to do the job and then how we pay them, it's so messed up. And, so, and if people are mad, like, the teachers suck now and the police are bad, it's like, if we actually had them trained well yeah. and took care of them, it probably wouldn't be the way it yeah, is, you know? Exactly. It's complicated. These are important roles, too. The most important... <laughs> you come up through society being taught by teachers. Mm -hmm. You don't or do follow the law based on the law enforcement around you. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's so complicated, too, because teachers, everyone always... Being a teacher, it is way more stressful than one would ever guess, even at a college level, because now I just deal with adult problems. Like, I don't have the parent calling to be like, little Timmy can't come to school because oh grandpa died. <laughs> now I have a student just like emailing like, yeah, my grandpa died. And they tell you because they're adults, they're more thorough in detail. And you mm -hmm. just hear all these horrible stuff and suicide and, and hospital visits and it's just some of the yeah. worst things that adults – Think yeah. about what you went through between 18 and, you know, 25. Yeah. I, um, recently, I was the general, general manager, um, at this music venue and, um, it, there was a bar there and everything. It was pretty awesome. Um, and, uh, I had to do all of the hiring and onboarding and firing and everything that happened. Um, and it was just interesting 
being in that role, this is the second time I've been in this role. Um, and it's just so interesting because when you are an adult having to um, c control, I guess, or manage other adults, it's the most, it's the weirdest feeling to just yeah. be bossing other adults around and telling them what to do. And it's weird. It's so strange. And, and giving them instructions as if they're not their own people. <laughs> like, it's mm -hmm. just so crazy. Finding that, that fine line between being, like, bossy yeah. and arrogant versus being helpful and, and, like, enlightening them about something. Exactly. Because you're trying to get them something? to do something exactly. for you, but you don't want them to feel like, uh, mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> It was just so much. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Certain personalities are built for that. And I yes. think you and I could handle it. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten used to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've kind of been that way my whole life. When you kind of, when you're a idea person or a go getter, mm -hmm. and then you're even as a kid or with your cousins or younger friends, and you're like, I'll give you an example, like, hey, I was always the one coming up with like, what game are we playing today? Right. What fort are we building today? Where are we riding our bikes today? Like for some reason, other people were not doing that, so I would do it. Yeah, natural leader. Yeah, and just tell yeah. people like, okay, we're gonna go here and then there. Let's build this fort. And we can yeah. use this material. Or when you know? someone else asks, "What do we do?" and everyone just looks at you. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah. when did I become in charge? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who signed me this? Role? Absolutely. But it's like it's that natural leadership. And those are the people that have managerial skills. And you, yeah. But then you got to learn that because the psychology of explaining stuff to adults, especially when yeah. they're older and, and have qualifications and college degrees, you got to be really careful. Exactly. It's a great way to start a feud. Exactly. Like, and it's that's one thing I was so concerned about because I just did not want anyone to feel like they were being spoken down to ever. Mm -hmm. There was people I was managing who were older than me mm -hmm. and more qualified than me. To, mm -hmm. and, and I'm just like, I don't feel appropriate telling you what to do. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it can be like, awkward. Yeah. It can, I, my most awkward manager experience was when I was at Subway mm -hmm. at 16 and 17, my first real job. And eventually they made me a manager after a year. And the people that, I mean, I'm 16, 70, you expect me to work there, right? right. But I had some ex-convicts, a lot of them. They were like mm. 35, 40, 45, tough people, um, all all dudes that were ex-convicts. And it was scary. And I had to like tell them what to do mm -hmm. and how to make stuff and how to manage the money and what they should and shouldn't do, sanitize, sanitizing the trays and stuff. Oh my gosh, having people older than you ask you for permission is the craziest thing. It is thing. crazy. Like I, I had a woman, she was well into her 50s, and she was working under me. And mm. she would say things like, is it okay if I go outside and smoke for a second? And I'm like, you could do whatever you want. Like, yeah. you're a grown woman, you know what I yeah. mean? But, like, I'm the manager, so I have to okay these things. And I'm just like, this is wild. Like, it is just, wild. The stuff you have to approve, you're just like, why? Yeah. Yeah, and some <laughs> people are not so good. If you're not going to be a manager, you don't want to do that. It's not your skill set. That's fine. Yeah. We need people who don't do that. But if you're power trippy, don't be a manager either. Yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst for managers, worst for police officers. Like yeah. any type of power role yeah. and you're a power tripping person, don't, don't do, that. do that. And if you have anyone who loves you, they should tell you like you probably If you have a fragile that. ego, don't be in charge of people. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's true because people are going to – if you're in charge of people, you're going to get some haters. Yeah. And that spectrum of haters are going to be from they just might not care for you to, like, they hate yeah, you. That's one thing you know? I'm trying to get used to. I, I think this is something I can never – not never, but something I really wish I could pick up faster is how to be okay with not being liked. You know, I'm so bad at that. Isn't I want best. everyone to like me Isn't all the, the time. Feeling? 
I want people who I don't like to like me. It Why? is crazy. Why do you care? I don't know. <laughs> I am te- just like I'll this. I'll teach you how to not care. Ready? <laughs> it starts at birth. Oh, man. Oh, uh, I got to start over. I don't know how to teach it because I don't know how to feel like I don't like not being like, but I certainly do not let it bother me at all because you can't please everyone. Man, I, it eats me alive. And I, I really, I get so in my head. I'm like, okay, what, what can I do? <laughs> what did I do? Did I cause this? And I become so like self-involved. Like I'm just. Are you like, a good person? I don't know. Do you think you're a good? Per- would you? Would you like you if you met you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I really helping, don't know. Can I help me figure this one out? I'm being honest. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Do you feel like a bad on on the the barometer of good and bad? Do you feel like a a bad person? No. I don't think you are either. Um. If you're not a bad person, no one tells you you're a bad person, you don't feel like one, your people that are close to you don't, then if someone doesn't like you, it could be as simple as they're having a bad day or it's a misunderstanding, they had a weird upbringing. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. And because you can't control because you didn't do anything. I can understand being mad at myself if I messed up right. and someone's mad at me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, shoot, I deserve to be – someone needs to be mad at me. Yeah. I messed up. But when you're just like doing the thing you love and you're working and you're, you you pay your rent and you have a job and you're nice and you play music, if someone doesn't like you, then you shouldn't like I didn't do anything. So if they don't, that's they're they're wasting their energy to be mad. That's at easier me. said than done. It I is, think. especially it is. in in the music scene. Like when you have so many people saying so many negative things about you, it is hard to wrap your head around the fact that even if I'm doing nothing, I'm sitting quietly, I'm being private, I'm not hurting anyone. Why are they anyone? saying so many negative things about you? Is it that? I would, per, is it, yes. Uh, <laughs> I would never. I would never even pretend to understand why people like that do the things that they do because mm-hmm. I, I have no idea why. You mm-hmm. know, but I just I can only speculate. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I, I I have some desire in me to not to please everyone because I know I can't physically do that, but just to be in their eyes the the one thing that they're just like this is okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I hate feeling like anything other than that. I hate when people just just don't like me. And it's something I need to work on. I really, mm-hmm. like, I don't like feeling this way. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly not comfortable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's just how you let that com- uncomfortableness affect you is the, the key to it. And yeah. a, a good thing whenever I'm feeling anxious about, like, did I make mistakes? That person hasn't responded to me in a while or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll just... Be I'll I'll think of how I appreciate them and I'll just send them a, a text appreciate them. and then that usually, usually fixes everything. Yeah. And sometimes there wasn't a problem and then, it's in your head. Whenever and just I do like, that, people are like, "Are you about to kill yourself?" Well, they're, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, no, <laughs> I'm just telling you, I love you. Damn, I love you. Are you drunk? Maybe, <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, it's most of the time they're just like not mad at you at all, and you realize, oh, it was in my head. Like I reach, you reach out to seven people, mm-hmm. send nice thoughtful texts, and then none of them are like. Or all of them are like, what? You're, you're cool? All right. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, nothing's wrong. Yeah. Because they're also in their own busy cycle of life, and they miss text messages. And they, every, everyone's a bad texter. I think this is why I was telling you that I would be perfectly okay with being famous for nothing. Because I think it would make me feel that sense of, okay, people like me. <laughs> like, it's that feeling. Uh, yeah, I don't have to worry or question. if You would get I'm a liked. lot of haters, though. Yeah. Like, like yours truly are like, they didn't even do anything. <laughs> Why are they famous? <laughs> you get a lot. You get a couple million people who hate you for because you didn't do anything. That's, do- that's different. 
whatever. It, <laughs> you're cherry picking your hate now. That's uh, a good book title, cherry picking, cherry your, picking hate. your hate. Yeah, I'm gonna write that. I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of work to do. You know, I, I I never pretended to be a perfect person, but I know I have a lot of work I need to do on myself. Yeah, yeah I mean, especially after the trauma I've been through. Oh my god, this year. Don't even get me started. <laughs> you can't say that until you're not the I just you mean started. in general. Chicago is a hard city to live in. Like yeah. it's, it's cutthroat here. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It yeah. is. I no, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, every every time and it's all relative. Like yeah. every time I think like, oh, I'm gonna this Columbia thing. I was like, oh I'm teaching at the school I went to college to is an internationally known school in Chicago. Yeah. Eight weeks later, not coming back. Speaking of Columbia, like, I have a friend who lives who goes to Columbia in New York. Oh, nice. Yeah. And nice. he didn't tell me until he went back because he was here for the summer. Yeah. And we were hanging out all summer long, literally the entire summer. He goes back, FaceTimes me, and I was like, how are things? I thought he was in Iowa because he told me that he's from Iowa. So I just assumed yeah. that he went home to Iowa. And I was like, how's Iowa? He was like, I actually live in New York. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I go to Columbia. And I was like, the Ivy League school? Yeah. <laughs> like, who are you? Yeah. What is this? That's crazy that that's where you teach, like, yeah. in, as far as the Chicago campus. Is he campus. S- studying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Senior year there. Nice. Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> it is funny when you find out some people are really secretive about Honestly, like really private. I like, asked him. I was like, why didn't you really tell me? Private. He was like, Well, when you tell people that like this is how he sounds when he talks. <laughs> he was like, When you tell people that you um that you go to an Ivy League school, they they ask a lot of questions. And I was like, Yeah. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what, what? Like, I mean, that's what happens what? when you do anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. Going to an Ivy League school is out of the ordinary. It really is. So if you go there. Yeah. I'm going to ask about it. But yeah. introverted individuals. But yeah, yeah you're right. Like people can really be super, private. super private. I feel like I'm a very private person. And then I meet people like that and I'm like, damn, I'm not as private as I thought. Yeah, same. I'm always <laughs> like, I'm pretty, pretty private. It's like, no. I mean, if I was that private, I would be doing this. Right. I wouldn't, you know, it's just... <laughs> In this, in my, in the moments that are public or can be shown on the internet, the things I do, I keep the private parts private, you know, like, what, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. Can there's... I ask you a private question? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I may, I mean, I may or may so, not, I may plead the fifth, you uh, know? Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So you mentioned your girlfriend before. How long have you guys been together? <laughs> <laughs> a year and a half. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mm. How long did you know each other before that? A couple weeks. Really? Mm-hmm. You got together pretty quickly? Yeah. Hmm. Say. That's wild. I always have like three months of time before I'm like, okay, I'll date this person. You know, it depends, yeah. It depends on the person. depends on your situation. Don't yeah. you and your girlfriend live together? Mm-mm. Oh, you don't? I, I don't know why I thought you guys lived together. No. I got a roommate. Go oh, roommate upstairs, yeah. Okay, because I was gonna. I thought you lived together because I was gonna. The reason I was like, "Is this a private question?" Is because I was gonna say, um, "Like, when are you gonna propose?" Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even. Marriage is a weird thing to me. Do you think you'll ever get married? I just in general. I do, but it's strange because I, I'm. I can't do anything about it. I'm, I'm so anti-norms. I feel that. And <laughs> for me. <laughs> and I can't do anything about it because most people aren't. So, like, if you're, you're screwed if you're the only one, I have to go live in a cabin somewhere and hide mm. away. Like, what can I do? So, it definitely, my mindset and attitude constantly amongst girlfriend, any ex-partner, friends, parents will create friction because mm. I... 
my own pursuit of rationality and logic and empirical data uh, usually blows up in my face because emotions aren't always those things. Mm -hmm. And life isn't always like that. Wow, profound. (laughs) (laughs) I meant that seriously. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So you have to, I have to find a middle ground. I have to learn to see another person's perspective. So Mm. I have a hard time with that because for the longest time, I didn't date for like, barely in high school, wasn't anything real, but I didn't really date for real until I was 25. Why's that? I couldn't find anybody that would lean <laughs> more towards that rational, logical, <laughs> empirical data mindset. Yeah. I mean, my my level of someone for me to even want to like ask one on a date was I'd pick very uh, abstract or not so popular, really cool bands I like. Now they didn't know them. I'm like, forget it. What the fuck? Yeah, it, was <laughs> stu- it was so stupid. Specific. It was stupid. I was young. I wouldn't do that now. <laughs> Is that no. how you vetted her? It, funny enough, she was the only girl ever to know the bands I named. Really? And, yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> so strangely enough, you passed my Lipman's test. Wow. But like when I was like 22, I knew <laughs> that. I don't know. I just didn't ever want to do what everyone else was doing. I'd go to a party. Everyone's doing their drugs and alcohol. I was sober. I didn't do anything. So You're, they're like, reading a book. <laughs> yeah, I really would. I'd really? Go, oh, The Giving Tree. Huh, I haven't read that in a while. Like, I would do stuff like that. I would always just take over the music, the mm-hmm. sound system, food, maybe make some cookies. I'd find a way to be at a place and not actually be there, you know, feel completely That's alone cool. in a table of friends. Yeah. That's really cool. I did it a lot. I mean, I was known as, like, the cookie person, the music person. Mm-hmm. I made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of parties happen at my old house where I had the festival. But I rarely partook in any of them. See, my problem was I always tried to fit in. Always. I stood out like a sore thumb all the time, constantly. And I just hated it. I hated it so much. I just was like, I just want to be normal and be in the background like everybody else. But I always was like eyes on me, you mm. know. And I never understood why or what it was about me. I still don't to this day. What? Ooh, my stomach is growling. That was your stomach? <laughs> Holy. I thought that was someone like like vacuuming yeah. upstairs. <laughs> That was the... No, my stomach was crap. That's going to wear a pickup on the mic. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. That was cool. Sorry. No, I've never heard anything like that. I, <laughs> I should have eaten before I came here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I always I always stuck out like a sore thumb, and it just bugged me. Like, what is it about me that sticks out and makes people just... I still don't know to this day, but... Uh, like why people like to talk to you? About me. Oh, talk about you. Yeah. Not always negative, but okay. just in general. Okay. You know, I always wondered, like, what is it? What hmm. is that thing? You know, and my mom would always tell me, like, you're not made to have friends. You're not made to to, to blend in. You have to stand out. And I'm just like, why not? Why, why can't I blend in? Why can't you have friends? <laughs> I think that was just a separate thing my mom oh. had, like, about. But earlier you said that, so your mom, your mom was right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'm a friendly person, but um, I don't know how to, like have close friends without getting too close, you know. Like, What's wrong with getting too close? Um, I think that it comes with more responsibility. There's a lot more work to do when you are, like, on a sisterly level with all of your friends, you know. I think it's it's better, for me at least, to keep my friends a little bit more this might at a distance. be a specific thing. I mean, just guessing. might be more of a woman type of thing. It could be. I do not experience. I have... Too many friends. I do not experience this, my guy. I feel no obligation for anything. <laughs> Be brutally honest. No, I'm not doing that. Hey, you want to go? Bo- nope. 
tired. Why? Because I am. <laughs> they still love no, me. Nothing changes. It could be a, a woman versus man thing. I, I mean, I really it's do feel like... It's dynamic, for I sure. I feel like my friendships have always been like dating. Like it always felt like I was like in a relationship with my friends. Huh. I was always so close. Huh. You know? That's bizarre. We had to celebrate birthdays and holidays and all this stuff together. Um, and it just was always so, so, so close. And just not just that, but like emotionally, mm-hmm. just so intertwined with each other. Yeah. Um, and I think that just has taken a toll on me. And that's why when I say I don't have friends, I'm, that's what I mean by that. Like I don't have that closeness with anyone anymore. I've, I've like definitively stopped doing that huh. because I've just decided I just want to be close with whoever my partner ends up being. being. And yeah. then from there, I might have an easier time balancing what a friendship should be like. That's pretty normal, though. Most people, and I, I try to, I'm th- about to be 34, and I say it, so I'm in a kind of a different place than you are, and I I say this to so many friends and have been for years, because I learned it from my parents, and it's apparent when you get older, you stop hanging out and seeing your friends all the time. Mm-hmm. And it feels impossible to think about when you're 20 mm-hmm. or 15, or even almost 25, mm-hmm. but now it's like, oh, it's very obvious, like, I'm hanging out with my girlfriend like it's trippy as a single I'd rather person. Just go hang out with her, and I'll hang out with you guys when I hang out with you guys, and I'll, I do like to see them, but it's just not gonna. That's I'm not gonna see is. them all the time now. It's it's the being single part, you know. It's when you are single, your friendships are the only time you get that relationship feeling. Yeah, you know, and so it's just very tricky because you end up kind of crossing that line and making everybody so so close because that's the only, especially like for me, I don't have any family in Chicago, so I am like alone soldier out here you know what I mean so when I meet someone we have to get like family close sometimes and I I don't want to do that anymore I Mm. feel like it's just been really detrimental to my mental when when those people end up ultimately moving on in other aspects of their lives Mm -hmm. you know I feel like I've lost so much or I've lost a lot of people when really it could have just been if I had a healthier distance why don't you just work on that that healthier distance like a uh, that's what I'm doing you know yeah because I know you mean it is, it can be hard, especially if you see them when, and you know, you're like, that's not a good partner for them. Oh boy. <laughs> it's like hard. You almost feel like your heart's breaking. You're like, oh, yeah. you're going to marry that person? Yeah. Oh, I literally sat in one of my, <laughs> one of my like best friend's weddings once. And I just was like, because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't okay this. <laughs> uh, I need some weed right now. I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. That's I, what we should have done. We should have had a little bowl. Oh. We messed up. Man. I don't have. I ran out of weed. I could have brought my weed. This is what we get for the third time. We got to start planning on the third we have to time. Sit down and plan out. We'll, we'll definitely <laughs> have to have some mixed cocktails and a a joint or bowl. We'll do a bowl so I don't have the smell of paper. <laughs> we'll do a bowl. Cool. Have you ever seen those clear wraps? No. There are like they're called glass wraps, but they're like clear. Really? Yeah, and they're so good. They burn so slow. No smell. Like. Whoa, yeah. I'll have to check these out. Yeah. Interesting. I was nervous about them when I first saw them because I was like, that can't be healthy. Uh, Is it actually glass? It's No, no. Good. But it's just like, it's... You it, just said that because it's translucent or transparent. <laughs> yeah, it's made, I think, from like plants. It's like plant-based. I would hope. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Because like, you know, the best papers are the hemp paper. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, there's something better than like a hemp wick. You know hemp wick? Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to have a paper. friend that had them wrapped around her lighters. Yeah, I have one upstairs. I, I thought I, yeah. Got a bong up there. 
My roommate does. Mm. Oops, I didn't say that. <laughs> it is so funny how like normalized weed has gotten. Especially here. In our culture, in the state, in the city. I mean, I walk around regularly smoking weed on the streets past police officers. No one You're says anything. Also, white passing. Yeah, I also <laughs> stare him down. Like you better not. Say <laughs> this is a clove cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I remember there was a time a couple of friends and I were sitting in the car, and our white friend like went into um, a Seven Eleven, and there was a bunch of cops standing in front of the Seven Eleven, and he went to go ask the cops something, and we were all just like, <laughs> we were like, <laughs> how's he just walking up and talking to them? <laughs> there, there's a lot of factors. I think the first one is the skin complexion. Mm-hmm. And let me preface this. I don't agree with any of these. This is just this is how it is right now. Mm-hmm. Skin complexion is going to make you be perceived differently by anyone, but specifically police officers, gender, sex, anything like that will be instant the way they're going to look at you and treat you. Because I can't tell you how many women, I can't speak for different races of women, but how many women go like, I don't. I never got a ticket before. Speeding tickets, like because you're a woman. Do you cry? Let me guess. <laughs> I've gotten so many. Let me guess. Do you cry? Do, do you cry? <laughs> um, it depends. Is the officer mean? Yes, I cry. Do you get out of them when you cry? No. You don't get out of them. Mm-mm. Mm. Mm-mm. If the officer's mean, I will cry. I don't cry on purpose. I don't like. <laughs> maybe it might. Maybe it's a white woman thing. It most likely is okay. a white woman Just thing. Makes makes makes. I more always sense. get a speeding. I've never gotten out of a ticket. I've only gotten out of one, <laughs> and the guy was just cool. I was in the middle of nowhere in southern Illinois, driving from Texas, a thousand-mile drive in one day by myself. And he was like, you're driving that far away by yourself? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, slow down. And I was, uh, like, I was driving it. to college, to my first day of college, my car full of my stuff from my dorm, so excited. It was a seven-hour drive. I was by myself, no parents, like just driving my car. Where were you going to college to? Ohio. Right, okay. Yeah, from Nashville to Ohio. Yeah. And I was driving, <laughs> and I'm, like, in the home stretch, like, last half hour of the drive, and I get pulled over by this cop, and he's, like, on a motorcycle. And I'm 18, freshly 18, and I had never seen a cop on a motorcycle before. And I was like, what? So I just kept driving. I was like, I don't know what he's doing, but that's weird. And he pulls me over, and he's like, have you never seen a cop before and I was like not on the bike and he was like yeah I'm sure and he started like yelling at me and I started crying and he's looking at my car seeing that it's full of all my college yeah. shit and I'm just like I'm sorry I didn't know I didn't know you were a cop I thought you were like some random dude on a bike <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and he was so mean and that was the one time I boohooed I cried so hard I think I like lost a contact lens that day oh my god what, <laughs> yeah. were you, what did he pull you over for uh, for speeding okay were you speeding though uh, I'm probably but barely <laughs> I think like I said, I'm traveling on roads. I'm literally traveling hours away from home. I yeah. don't know the roads, you yeah. know? And so um, I'm pretty sure it was a ticket for going like 60 and a 55 or something. Like it was something stupid Lame. like that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I earned my tickets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm good at it. I don't it. drive fast. I'm oh. scared. I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> I only drive fast in places where... It's extremely difficult to hurt yourself or anyone. Like middle of nowhere, open road, oh. interstates where the speed limit's already 70 or 75. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, you know, mile stretches. There's mm-hmm. no crossroads. There's nothing. Yeah. No, I, I had speed. a, I was in the car with one of my friends and we were driving through Kansas, I believe. And it was just nothing but flat land. That's and Kansas. Like farms. That's Kansas and Nebraska and yeah. Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. And she got a speeding ticket there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you, there were a lot of signs that you can pick up on to know where a cop's going to be. And, when you do a lot of the same driving, like I drive down to ISU mm-hmm. on I-55 every Tuesday and Thursday, I have learned 
every detail about I-55 for that 133-mile stretch. I mean, I could write a book about the details of the road, where the where every marker is, where a pothole is, what angle you should, how fast you should go on a certain bank of an like everything. I mm-hmm. spent thousands of times doing it. So now I know where every cop is, all the spots they hide, all the spots they don't hide. So that's why I can speed because mm-hmm. I know exactly where they're always going to be. They have the same routines. Mm-hmm. They're just sitting at that one spot, now that one spot. But yeah, if you're doing, if you've never been somewhere, exactly. you gotta, you gotta be more tricky. careful. You can't just. That's why in. I was like, dude, let me off this ticket. Like, I'm yeah. clearly a child. <laughs> How many tickets have you gotten? Shit, you should see the emails I get from the Chicago city of Chicago notification reminders about like how much I owe. I owe like seven hundred dollars. Why? Because the the fucking red light cameras here are the not speed cameras. You're them as you get them. No, I <laughs> no because no, I get them. Um, I have a payment plan on them, so you can pay, you can pay monthly. <laughs> Listen, I got payment plans and a couple of things, but it's definitely not red light Man, photo not, tickets. Not just those, but it's also parking tickets. They're all like a conglomerate. Oh my yes, god! Yes, so you have to pay. I just the second I get them, I just pay them, get it over with. I've had a few. Man, I stopped getting them because I realized like, oh, don't speed by parks and schools because they'll have a flash. Mm-hmm. I've gotten I've gotten four in Chicago in the, the year and three months. The, the ones here are just ridiculous. They like flash if you go a little like yeah, one over. Yeah, you cannot over. go over a few miles an hour. It's literally crazy. That's why I have so many because I'll be going like thirty and a twenty five, and I'm like, fuck. Yep. Now I have a fucking ticket. But the funny thing about it is, you will never getting speeding ticket from an in person cop in the city of Chicago. I drive, actually have never been pulled over in Chicago. I've never been pulled over. I drive like a maniac in Chicago. <laughs> I drive like the Wild West out here. No one pulls me over. I drive past cops. They don't pull me over. I take Lakeshore, Lakeshore Drive all the time because my girlfriend lives up there. Mm-hmm. All the time. I fly. The speed limit's 40. I go 70, 75. I'm <laughs> You're going crazy. I'm going over so far <laughs> that I should get in a lot of trouble. Cops don't. They will not pull you over. You have to the be privilege. a maniac. <laughs> no, but like no one gets no one gets pulled over in this city. You have to be doing some real it's because the standards of a crime is so high in Chicago. That's true. You gotta be doing some really rough stuff to get in trouble. That's why like people walk around drinking and smoking all the time. They don't That's crazy. They don't get in trouble. Yeah. I don't I just I'm not a big fan of cops at all. Like I stay away from yeah. them. <laughs> no, I get it. I I've gained a lot more confidence because when I was younger. I had way, way crappier clothes. I wasn't as articulate with explaining myself if I did could get caught up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have haircuts. I just had a crazy, like, curly fro thing going on. Mm-hmm. Untamed beard. I didn't trim it and, like, comb it. I just looked like a mess. And I was treated poorly mm-hmm. by police all the time. And then the second I started moving up in life and taking care of myself, wearing nicer clothes, mm-hmm. having IDs I could show them that I... I'm a professor, works at a state school. Like these things, yeah. I'm treated differently, 100%. It's crazy. I've noticed it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. I'm like, this is even a nicer car. I had really bad cars, now I have a really modern Honda Civic that's nice, and they treat me differently when I get pulled over in that. Mm. Just not having a junky one versus a nice car. Same crime, same person, different outcome every time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it goes to show wealthy people are treated much nicer by police. It's very classist out here. It's class. I mean, this country's classes. It's you our biggest issues. I'm really regretting not bringing alcohol because I'm cold. <laughs> You're cold. I'm so Do you cold. want a sweater? No, 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 no. I'll get you a blanket. Oh my! Well, I wouldn't mind a blanket. I'm gonna get you a blanket. I think that'd be awesome. Keep talking. I'll be right back. Um, this video is sponsored by. <laughs> Who's it sponsored by? Me. This is sponsored by Ben. Um, he's cool peoples. 
uh, <laughs> follow me on Instagram. <laughs> my Instagram is at Friday Write Songs. Um, my TikTok is at Friday Spam. You know, you can come check out my spam account. You know what I'm saying? Um, two plus two equals four. Um, the square root of 69 is eight something. Um, um, 3.14159. <laughs> Why are you giggling? Because my roommate called this out. <laughs> we had a conversation about it. I was like, oh, I'm going to turn off the heat for the podcast because it's loud. Yeah. Uh. I just washed this too, so. Thank you. You know, uh, blanket. Yes. And he was like, is your, he's like, you're going to need a space heater. I'm like, I'll be fine. He's like, is your guest a woman or a man? I'm like, a woman. He's like, you'll need a heater. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's a physiological Ooh. thing. Yeah. Women do get colder. I also have like the lowest iron. <laughs> that's another thing he said. He's like, and they all, for some reason, are iron deficient. I was like, that's true. Too. It's because we get periods and we lose blood. Okay. That's true. So we have less iron in our blood. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's also um, why a lot of older women have more falls and like bone issues because they're not told their whole life like men are to like work out. Mm-hmm. They're told like Pilates, yoga, walk, yeah. jog. That's not building your muscle and bone density. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's not. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's a lot of osteoporosis issues and bone and muscle issues with women as they get older because sadly society is like, you know, you do those like feminine things and the men will lift weights. It's like, yeah, it sucks lifting stuff all the time and having those jobs, but it actually helps you throughout your life to have a stronger body. So you, when you do fall or get hurt, it doesn't affect you so much. How do you feel about getting old? I'm fine with it. Yeah? Yeah. How old do you want to get? 150. Really? Yeah. You like life that much? Yeah. I mean, it's wild. It's stressful, but. As long as I can pay my bills, I don't really mind. <laughs> I have I have a lot of fun. But, like, you got to choose to have the fun. That's true. You know? It's like I just handed you a blanket. <laughs> You're sitting in my my base and we're talking about stuff. Gone all these places. This is fun to me. Yeah. And some people, they rather just not do anything. And they probably, those people are like, yeah, I came with the die like 78. Get me out of here. <laughs> me. I'm like, damn. Why so young? I was like, 78 is a stretch. Really? Like, yeah. I'm like, that wrong, 49. Huh? 49? 50. 50. You're halfway there. I don't, I mean, after that, it's You have just... so much youth. You look so vibrant. <laughs> Thank you. It's the uh, Maybelline Cosmetics. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Maybe My favorite Maybelline. Maybelline was um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Buffy, really? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was my first crush, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just like badass women. She fought and killed all those vampires. It was awesome. <laughs> Did you like Kill Bill? I love Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm not joking. I, I, I've always been, I always appreciate and like super like strong cable women. I don't find it intimidating at all. Kim like, Possible. Sure. I love Kim Possible. To me, I'm like, great. Now I don't have to worry about always protecting this person. They, just <laughs> fend, they take care of themselves. Thank God. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Yeah, my family is very uh, matriarchal in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the women are super like in charge all the time. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Powerful women with it's, lots of opinions. Well, that that's <laughs> something that does come with it sometimes. Mm. But I I I like it because there's nothing worse than anybody anybody who's just like uh, just not capable of something. A man or woman, it's just like. Do something. Having a thought. Have an opinion. Do something. I don't know. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do that. <laughs> but yeah, I've always was like, man, 
like a, an accomplished woman or a smart woman or a tough woman, like that's cool. It's mm-hmm. not intimidating. I don't know why people get intimidated by that, but I, I like I got my own thing. I've, I'm not trying to compare myself to you. I don't care if you make more money or stronger. Like <laughs> I'm doing, I'm having fun doing my thing. I'm not comparing myself. You're very to secure you. in yourself. Yeah, I think you just got to find things you like to do, and it'll make you. And you get good at them, like you're doing your thing, they're doing theirs. You should mm-hmm. not compare yourself. Have you ever um, had any struggles with like mental health or anything? Probably. <laughs> Probably no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know because I've never been to a doctor about those mm-hmm. things, but I had some hard anxiety, like depression, anxiety, insomnia issues between mm. like 17 to 24. Mm. That was a good brutal seven years of not knowing what was going on. Second puberty. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what it really was, I th- now looking back on it, because I don't have those f- problems or thoughts anymore, mm. um, it was a lot of things. I think the biggest one was having an inquisitive mind and wanting so much more in life, but being in circumstances where I couldn't get those things. Mm. Lower income, blue collar family, no hope for college, like all this thing, like wanting right. the things I do and have now, mm-hmm. but seeing this path here was impossible, and that felt very debilitating. And then I, I know having a little bit of a big heart and just kind of always feeling bad about everyone's like pain. I was always just like sad that people are like suffering and dying and committing yeah. suicide and all that. I, like it, I took that weight on. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So that didn't help. And then I'm um, feeling lonely, feeling I couldn't find a girlfriend. It just never worked, and I always felt like I couldn't meet someone that I could get along with. Right. So you put all this together and then kind of like leaving a religion you grew up with. You, you, mm-hmm. All the hit like right when I left high school. Mm-hmm. And then it was the housing crash 2008 when I graduated. So like there was no jobs. Any job I applied to for like a career, I was going to go into the unions, carpenter union. They set a seven-year wait. So like even a professional life just started to crumble. Wanted to be a musician and an artist and have a festival and have like do everything I do now I wanted. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you can't do that. Like, that's for rich people. Like, you just can't. So you're just, you feel like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, I can't do anything, <laughs> you know? So yeah. yeah, that was the hardest. But then when I started to just ignore all of those things and mm-hmm. just go for all the things I want to do, and it started to kind of build and work. And by like mid 20s, by your age, 25, 26, it all started to happen at 26. I got into grad school. I didn't even know if I was going to graduate high school. Mm. I almost got kicked out of a community college because that's how bad I was as a student. Mm. So <laughs> once it started working, all of the problems went away, and I started to realize the majority of the issues you might have in life are just because you're not doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that sucks because some people literally can't. I was just in the right spot to where I really could twist my fate mm-hmm. given my financial circumstances. Nothing good, no help, but... I had a home, I had a family, I had two parents, I had siblings who were there, not dead, not in jail, mm-hmm. not abandoned us. So like just having enough stability allowed me to have like a foundation where I could just like take the risks and run with yeah. it. Yeah. Some people don't even have that. So I'm grateful that I had that. So I'm not gonna be like, what was my life? I have student loans, like, you know. <laughs> but some people they don't even have what I just said and they're screwed. I mean, mm-hmm. they could be they're in juvie at twelve, like they're in trouble. Right. So yeah, it really was just wanting to do these things and not being able to. It just debilitating. Made mm-hmm. me feel terrible. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, nothing really since then, to be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> why, why'd you ask that? Just curious. Yeah, just curious. You know, just based off of, you know, just the 
what you have now and like the the uh, things that you've been able to accomplish. So just, just curious about the way that you got there. You know? It was brutal. It was bad. I mean, it was. It's been. I'm still living with ramifications of the decisions I made mm-hmm. when it came to like school and the festival, but I think it's worth the investment. The amount of money it took that I didn't have, the amount of credit cards I had to max out that I shouldn't have. Just like no one else is going to give this to me. I have to go out there and take it. Right. So maybe it pays off. And then after this, I could pay those things off and get past it. But I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade the debt for the experiences and the things I get to do. And people have gotten that. See, I feel that so hard. I'm always down to blow money on an experience because I'm just like money will come back. But I will not always have my knees be this good. And I will never, I will not always be this young and able to do these things. Just do it. Yeah. I'm the same way. And especially with. I'm trying not to fuck up my. My financial health at this point, because I'm getting <laughs> getting older now, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna want to buy a home or something at some yeah, point. Yeah, that's but, scary. <laughs> I that stress is very real. Yeah. I I know. I as I've been like doing this moving process, I've been looking at my like credit report and things like that, and just looking at a lot of mistakes I made in my teens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, like this is stuff I never thought about because I was like, oh, I'll handle this later. It's later now. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, time to pay some lump sums, you know, time to kind of mm-hmm. get back on top of that. But I wouldn't trade anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it's been a wild ride, but the experiences have been unbelievable. They've made me happy. Yeah. Like, like I was saying, because I wasn't experiencing the things I wanted to, I felt trapped and sad. And I always wanted to help people who had less to me. And I'm like, if, I, if I'm if i the person who can get through this and make this thing happen and reach a big community, then I can help people who have less. And no one else is going to do it. So, like, I'll do it. Because right. I can't. Because I can handle the weight. Mm-hmm. I can handle the pressure. I can handle the stress. And, yeah, I mean, failure, obstacles, none of those things. I don't even. I just look right through them. They're transparent to me. I and remember I, you and I talked about this. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, what well, you can't change them. Yeah. Like, I, okay, I'm about to get kicked out of community college. Okay, I guess I'll just try hard and get A's. And I did that, and I did fine. Yeah. And, like, my first time applying to graduate school at the Art Institute, I didn't get in. And I was like, crap, that was my only plan. <laughs> uh, Would you say you're very resilient? Yeah, absolutely. And so I just redid my statement paper, redid my um, portfolio, and then I applied, and I got in the next year with a big scholarship. I was like, oh. So you just got, like, I had to wait, though. Some people just get defeated and they go, okay, I guess I'm not going to grad school. That would have right. changed everything if I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing about, the funny thing about resilience, as you may know, and listeners may know, the you it's a skill set. The more you do it. See, that's what I was wondering. The more you can get resilient. Now, it's not good now. Now it's kind of dangerous. <laughs> I always wondered if resilience, like, runs out, you know? Like, if no, there's just a, a bottom. It builds you know? up. It, it's dangerous now. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm literally not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but I've gotten so resilient that it's made it hard to like hang out and relate to people because mm-hmm. they just think I'm crazy. <laughs> so you're just manic now. No, just like <laughs> like uh, I went on like a six mile hike today in twenty degree weather by myself. Wow. No one else was out there. I was the only one out there. I looked. Where'd you go? All over the place. Walked around, went to the park, did some workouts at the park. Wow. I do it all year round, no matter what the weather is. To get more resilient so I can handle everything else that comes my way. It's not, it's a metaphor for life. Mm. So when things go wrong, when a pipe bursts and water's flowing everywhere, I'm just like, cool, as a cucumber. Mm. Like, oh, I've dealt with way worse. That'll be fine. And the pressures of taking on like the, the festival at my house, especially once it got towards the last year, inviting thousands of people 
bands around the world, food from around the world, uh, artists from around the world, and just having thousands upon thousands of people and you're responsible for all of it. That was so much pressure. That sounds awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> but the pressure was so high, it can't account for weather and accidents and psychopaths and thieves. Mm-hmm. And you're, I'm using all my own gear, hoping everything works, that I did all my calculations right on the electrical circuits and the amperage and how much everything's being drawn. And it, the pressure is so high that it can kind of numb you and mm-hmm. make you a little off. People are just like, you on drugs like are you on Adderall I've been asked so many times are you on Adderall are you on volume are you like what's your your medication of choice I need some of that yeah so it can be a little dangerous it's kind of like the tough dad who like served in the military Mm -hmm. it's like he's seen such crazy I'm not comparing myself to him at all but (laughs) he's seen such hardship hardship that everything else is just he's he's just like quipping a baby man up because to him there's a strobe light going on it's my phone ringing (laughs) to to that person everything else is easy (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it it gets better and you can learn it. And I think the best thing about resilience and discipline is once you get really good at it, you know when you can use it and not use it. Because Mm -hmm. when I let loose now, oh, I let loose. Because it's like, no, I was so tough and strict and particular for six days in a row. Now it's Saturday night. I'm going to drink too much. I'm going to smoke too much. I have a cigar. I'm just going to like. Who cares what happens? Maybe take some mushrooms. I don't care. <laughs> you know, because like I've learned like in Podcast that. on mushrooms? <laughs> I've never done that. I would try it. I've never done that. We're going to have to have a series. Just <laughs> <laughs> substances with Friday and Ben. <laughs> substances with Friday and Ben. Yep. Episode one, cocktails. Episode two, weed. <laughs> Episode three, you know, Molly. I, I, oh, <laughs> you know, I've never done that, but I would. If someone can get pure MDMA, I would do it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I probably like, would too. Right? Yeah, probably. I'd try, I mean, if it's, you could test it. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought of you recently. I was watching, not, it's just the title of the movie. I was watching the movie Friday. Mm. And I, I was, I, know, I thought of you. Oh, wow. So original, Ben. Right? No, I was just like, I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've noticed um, a lot of the time, um, I can tell that people only, like, will hit me up because it's Friday and, like, <laughs> It came to mind. No, that that, I that happens do. all the time. I'm just like, you only hit me up because today's Friday. And you're like, oh, Friday. Oh, I wonder how Friday's doing. Like, I know that's how your mind. <laughs> yeah, no. I usually hit you, hit you up on um, Tuesdays. No relation to Friday. <laughs> that's funny. Do you have a, a lot of resilience? I think I used to. Really? Yeah. I think when I, um, when I had, I think I had a lot more structure when I was younger. Um, and as I've gotten older and have been able to pilot my own life, I think I've lost a lot of structure. Like I, just because I've been, um, trying to get my footing, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's been really, really rough here in this city in particular. Um, and so I think when you can't really get your footing, um, you kind of lose sight of like what your boundaries are what your goals are and like how to stay locked in on those things mm-hmm. uh, because you're just too focused on like trying to control everything else you lose track of like your sense of self mm-hmm. um so i think i lost a lot of my resilience because i just feel like it's like when you're just constantly trying to get back up and someone's just kicking you right back down you yeah. know it's like how do i keep getting up but at some point you just lay there and die you know and that's kind of how it feels 
sometimes like like the resilience just starts to run out and run out and run out oh okay that's yeah. what I, you brought that up earlier yeah I see what you're saying now yeah so i yeah. think that's that's where i am sometimes um i think though i have a natural resilience that i'm not always aware of like a subconscious resilience because um i was literally thinking about this in the car on the way here actually um how as down as i might feel feel about certain things i'm still getting a lot done even when i don't feel like i'm getting a lot done like mm-hmm. i spent this whole week packing and getting ready to move and the week prior to that going and touring apartments and the week prior to that like readjusting to changing jobs and you know all of this happened and i still felt like i had nothing going on you know i felt like nothing was happening yeah um but all of that was happening and that's just kind of the subconscious resilience i think that i have i think my conscious resilience could use a little more oomph yeah <laughs> you know well it's um, like you almost get used to progress yeah and it starts to not feel yeah i, I think that's why it sometimes it starts to feel like every day right and i think that's why Certain types of journals, mm-hmm. happiness journals, dream journals, accomplishment journals, whatever it is that works. Do you do any of that? I used to. I think that might be helpful yeah. for I certain people. I used to people. be very, like, very meticulous about every aspect of my life. I used to write every single thing down and plan everything out. I planned everything, like, down to my meals, how many calories I consumed, like, every single thing. And then I realized I was incredibly controlling and I was overdoing it. Yeah. And so it became this constant push and pull of, like, how much is too much and when do I stop? And I had no, like, I couldn't get my footing. I couldn't figure it out, you know? Mm-hmm. I had no guidance, no mentor, no family, no friends. Like, I had nothing but just my own judgment to go off of. And it's hard when you don't trust your own judgment sometimes. Then you're just like, am I doing anything right? Is What's happening? You know, mm-hmm. it, that's kind of how it's been the last like year or two and I, prior to living in chicago i think i had a lot better a lot better really one. chicago yeah. just is tearing you down huh? yeah that's why it was really hard for me to decide to stay here but yeah. i just signed an 18 month lease so that's awesome <laughs> stay here make it you got this that's what my friends tell me my friends <laughs> <laughs> brutal <laughs> i can't i i don't i am very like particular about who i call my friends i could see that <laughs> it's just been i lost a lot of trust in chicago like i don't blame the city i don't blame the city i, I think that, that just the city is filled with a lot of hurt because there's a lot of history here of mm-hmm. hurt and so i think it's just a different culture like tennessee felt a lot different mm-hmm. i think here it feels so cutthroat because everyone is so like worried about people turning on them or worried like they're just worried i in my experience with people here it's been like people have been really on edge about betrayal you know Hmm. and um yeah i don't know i feel like i've experienced a lot of feelings of betrayal here so that's quite different from my experience Mm. but i didn't grow up in the city proper Mm. i have a very big and cool friend group from Mm. the suburbs and so, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really have that. And yeah. then by the time I establish myself with what I do and come to the city, I don't have the same. Yeah. I'm not starting. Like, you started from, like, ground zero here. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not, I didn't start. I already started from, like, oh, DZ guy. Like, I, exactly. I, I went over that yeah. problem. You have, like, a foundation, yeah, you know? And exactly. I think it's just a total different experience for me. Like, I'm coming here with nothing, knowing I have to decide based off of my own judgment mm-hmm. who to trust. And that's where it's just, like, do I trust my own judgment if I keep encountering these negative experiences? Yeah. You know, it, it's like, it's is bummer. it the city or is it my 
choices. And then it becomes, am I making bad choices? Am I a bad person? And it's just a spiral of, you know, all of these things. Um, so I don't blame Chicago, but I do think that um, there's a lot of hurt in this city. Um, and I just keep happening to run into it. <laughs> so, yeah, who are you yeah. running into? Gotta gotta get away from them. Yeah, I, I've keep being told that. My sister keeps telling me, like she keeps saying, like find new circles, run in new circles, and it's just really tricky because my circle that I want to be in is music scene, and it's small, and so I I don't know, I don't want to not make music, mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to not network and not be around people who also are in the same scene, but it has been very tricky but there's layers to it though like it it's small in certain pockets but you can because it's got such a large cross genre around from north south west east side Mm -hmm. you can find the same types of bands in like a slightly off to the side pocket and because yeah i mean i've i've had that thought many times like oh like if there's like a, a lull in working with clients and bands like so am I missing something? It's like, oh, man, I think I just ran through all the bands in that scene. <laughs> I just need to move over to a different land and start like start with these new clients in mm-hmm. a different place. So, yeah, kind of just it might take um, a life and perception or perceptive shift um, with the scene you're in, you know. But, yeah, it, it is tricky. Bands d- don't let – I love musicians. I love bands. I've talked <laughs> to thousands and thousands, but – don't let uh, really polite, liberal, highly alert. I'm trying to say everything but woke. <laughs> highly alert of their surroundings and culture and people and educated people. Don't let them fool you because I've heard some of the nastiest trash talking from bands to other bands. Like got like true gossip. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, we're supposed to be these like... <laughs> Woke people who yeah. like, no, no, no. I think there's a difference between it. gossip and sharing an experience that you had with yes. someone that's affected <clears throat> you. Yes, you know? there is a big difference between gossip. Yeah. Like, I talk about <laughs> people in my life too, but it's usually out of I'm happy for them about something mm-hmm. or I'm sad that something is yeah. happening to them. Yeah. It's never that, like, can you believe Friday's earrings? Like, can you believe <laughs> that you can hula hoop with those things? Like, uh, shut up. <laughs> can you do this you awesome blanket she you has on her? She looks like a queen. I specifically this chose <laughs> these earrings for the camera. I was like, they're going to show up on camera. I, was, I love them. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> but that blanket right now, you, you. you look I feel like a You're just like, yeah, I'm cold. Bring me a blanket, bitch. Man, this blanket's warm as hell, too. <laughs> Isn't it? It's so good. I just washed it. Aren't you lucky? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm, it's gotten cold. My, my room. When I'm serious to get it, my roommate is watching TV and he has his heater out because we have to turn off the heat mm-hmm. for the whole place to do this. Oh, man. <laughs> and he just laughed. and like, yep, she needs a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> man, because we did this in the summer last time, so yeah. we didn't have to worry about that. No, the opposite problem. Sometimes there was in the a fan summer, on have, I, got I have to sometimes turn off the AC so we mm-hmm. can talk and it'll get really, really hot. Yeah. Especially on the third floor. So mm-hmm. hot. So the summer and winter seasons with the podcast are a little tricky if you have someone living with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not that bad. Have you had your roommate on the podcast? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Why not? What's the holdup? So we we're waiting for him to finish graduate school. Now he's he's going to go and try to get a PhD. I'm telling everyone his secrets. So <laughs> we were debating. I was debating, like, should I wait when he's doing that? Because, like, we talk so much. I mean, him and I have a podcast every day. We talk a lot. <laughs> We're very close. We talk a lot about a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. He's very smart. 
So it's like, what we, if we, it's like we'd have to just get like really high and talk about like space or something. Cause if we talk about so many, everything I want to talk to him about on the podcast, I already do it with him. Yeah. Cause he works on the CTA extension projects. I'm like, that's cool. I want to talk about mm-hmm. public transportation and how they're doing this and its effects on people. And he knows all the data and stats. But I already do that with him at breakfast yeah. or in the <laughs> evening, you know. But, yeah, I mean, I have a couple friends that are really cool, but I'm so close to them. I already talk all the time, so I'm like, what would we even talk about? But I need to start getting with some more friends on. <laughs> Especially if you haven't seen Wild School to catch up, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's good. That's a good yeah. idea. I have the fattest cramp. Fattest cramp. In my ass cheek. It's probably good been sitting for a while. Guess we've been going for a bit. Much How long? Much longer than last time. Have we? Uh, two hours and 25 minutes. Wow. Is that longer than last time? I think it was like an hour and 40. Mm, yeah, because I had a date. How'd that date go? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I remember the details of it. Yeah. You were going on a rooftop pool downtown or like either the Loop or River North. The Loop. The Loop. Yeah. And I was, cause I was like, that's a weird first date. <laughs> really weird first date. But it was with the lady, so it wasn't weird. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Cause you can do first dates like that with women. You can't do that with men. It'd be weird. Yeah, you're right. Hey, we we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is. I wonder how, what, what a man to a man though. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like a first day, like a man. The gays move fast. I was just, I was literally, <laughs> well, you, you could say that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not gay. And I'm not aware if I am or not, but I don't, I don't think I am. And so it's strange if I say that, I guess, but I don't know. I guess, I guess it depends on your intent behind it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I've been seeing a, a, a guy lately. Mm-hmm. And it's been a humbling experience. Why? Because <laughs> it's a man. And I'm just like, why I'm like, say, I have feelings for a man again. Why do you say it like that? You look disgusting. Because it's a like, man. Oh, so, what's wrong with a man? What's not? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, I mean, Ooh. no, he's wonderful. No, no, no. Tell he's me how so, you really feel. <laughs> he's so awesome. Um, and it's been going good. We had such a good conversation today because, um, out of nowhere, he just was like, we should talk about what's going on between us. And I was like, that's so, okay, yeah, that's so hot. I'm down for that. Why are we not expecting that? No. Why? Because men don't ever want to talk about our, their feelings with me. They Like, with, with women, it's just so rare for me. It's so rare for me. Like, I, I always have to initiate the, the what are we conversation. Mm. And he did it this time. I, I've usually been the one who initiated it mm. or the second it was brought up I was completely fine with it like I was pretty much thinking it mm. and it was just the timing that they brought up first right. I've never been like I gotta get out of here like I don't give that either I think it might be a little bit I think I may be more on the end of the bell curve of, a, of men who do that yeah <clears throat> but yeah you seem like a rare a rare find <laughs> I, 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 I dated a woman that wouldn't didn't want to like would not talk about that like she was like, we're fine. Let's just like keep doing it. I was like, well, what are we doing? Like, this, I'm like old. This is serious. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> That's kind of how I feel right now because he's a little younger than me. Um, he's 25. I'm 27. Um, and he's freshly 25 and I'm about to be 28. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a little different. I wouldn't worry about it. My, my girlfriend's a lot younger too. So. Okay. Well, I mean, I, you know. I, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's a difference. as a woman, you're older? Is, is that why? Yeah. Okay. I feel like there's a little bit of a difference there. I don't know what that difference is or why I feel that way, but it just feels different. There, so don't get me wrong. There's a difference in age when there's literally a difference in age. I feel the difference in age between my yeah. girlfriend and I, but I just remind myself of it. It's like we're of different eras. We grew up in different places, mm-hmm. different families. What can you do? It really comes down to 
their core mentality. To me, it's the core mentality of like some work ethic and fun. Mm. Because if you have some good work ethic, I don't care what you do. Do you want to do it? Do you like doing it? Are you striving for something? Yeah. Then just do your thing. That kind of that's all that matters. That feels like what because he was talking to me about that because I just now transitioned to a new job and I've been um, interviewing for other stuff and he's just like, do you have any leads? And I'm and like, I can tell he's just trying to make sure that I'm like actively going for a goal and yeah. like trying to you know be an active member of society mm-hmm. and I'm like I like this I, yeah. I like this energy you're getting doesn't matter me. what it is yeah it's he just wants me to be good just in, find something you want to do yeah. strive for it try for it do something good with it yeah um, and then the fun thing can we do fun can I be goofy and dance in Target when yeah. like a song comes on and you're not going to roll your eyes and think I'm a loser because <laughs> I do that it's crazy when like, I that's it when I met this guy um I was immediately attracted to him. Right away, I was like, oh, my God, who is that? Like, I need to know who that is. And then um, it was actually while I was at work. He had came into the bar while I was working. And I was like, I don't know who that is, but I want him. And the old I want bar him or now. the new one? The new one. Okay. And I was like, I want him, and I want him right now. <laughs> and okay. I just Is knew. he as good as the bacon appetizer at this place? <laughs> You know that crispy bacon? You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Is and he, he is delicious. Ah, that was a deep cut. That was a <laughs> Chicago deep cut. For those who'll never know. Yes. I know, though. Yeah, that no. place has got some good food. That's fucking amazing. It's dangerous. Um, you know, he, he definitely... <laughs> he's yummy. You were not expecting me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. It caught me off guard. But no, he he's definitely pretty yummy. Um, And <laughs> I... um. Yeah, I met him there, and then he came in a couple of times, and I just was like, is he trying to see me? Like, I started thinking about myself. Um, And so I ended up getting—he asked me for my social media, and, you know, we exchanged numbers and stuff, and then um, we—it wasn't until I left that job that um, I posted about how I was leaving it and the reasons why and everything, and he messaged me, and he just was like, I'm so sorry that this is happening. Um, I really wish that it didn't. And I was, and I started a conversation with him from there. And then I told him, I was like, I'm probably going to leave Chicago. I'm probably not going to stick around. But, like, you know, it was good to, meet, good to meet you. I wish we could have had more time to hang out. And he suggested that we hang out before I leave Chicago. Next thing I know, he and I keep hanging out. And I'm like, now I don't want to leave Chicago. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to say that I'm staying for a man because I'm not. I, it took a lot of external fact, like a lot of decisions, um, but it didn't hurt. <laughs> I'm not, I'll say that it didn't hurt. That um, that's funny because if you know, I, I'd say I had no problem saying I'd, I stayed for a while. I have every issue saying I'm staying. Like <laughs> I need to be able to make decisions independently of men, <laughs> and. Uh, I, I definitely didn't stay for him because it was very freshly new when I met him. But it was nice to have some hope for hope for like a reason to yeah. to stick around because I was really giving up. Yeah. Yeah. So. So no no good pool pool date on the rooftop in the, in the loop. <laughs> no, but we went to the Green Mill. Yeah, it's a cool place. Oh my god, I've been, been there, there so many times. Well, cool. I've only been there one time before. I should say. So when I went there with him, it was so different than when I went by myself because I snuck in the first time I went. <laughs> How'd you sneak in? There's always a guy at the door so, taking your ten dollar cash. Well, there was this like drunk couple couple coming out of the back door, and I just walked in after them. Oh. yeah, and then I just sat down. <laughs> I like that place a lot. It's cool. It was so cool. It's cool going there. It's a great date spot. 
it's great to see. Like I've seen a lot of friends play there, which is always fun. And oh my gosh, we had such a good time. Across the street's a great Ethiopian restaurant, Demira. Mm. So if you ever want a good, good date, get Demira Ethiopian food. It's right across the street, and then walk across. To okay. Green Mill. See, the reason I snuck into Green Mill because it was because I was at the Riviera, which yeah. was like right there. Who were you seeing there? Sabrina Claudio. Nice. Oh, she's so good. I That's cried. Funny. It was the first time I ever just boo-hooed at a concert. Boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> Did the accent come out? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Got that southern draw. No, I'm from Nashville. And I went up to Chicago. Now I'm from Chicago. <laughs> That's, uh, you know who I, one of the best concerts, and it was hilarious, hmm. was, um. Tyler, the creator. No. <laughs> <laughs> I bet one of his concerts Ari Lennox, you know Ari Lennox? Mm-hmm. I saw her at the House of Blues. Wow, how was it? It was awesome. Yeah. It was amazing. I was the only white person there. <laughs> and that was my first experience. But I think Being I got, a minority? I, what was it like? Being just one, <laughs> the one of one, like the only person. Uh, I think I got a lot of respect. <laughs> I think I got a lot of respect. <laughs> they give you the velvet rope? I got a lot of respect. They're like, Hey, this this white guy came out all right. You know, like what can you do? Yeah, no, that was interesting. I was like, oh, this is an interesting experience. I mean, I already I had a feeling I'm not stupid. Mm-hmm. It's Erie Lennox. It's the House of Blues, Chicago. I've never been to the House of Blues. Oh, it's just you put all that together. You Wait, like, yeah, that's a lie. I went there. I you saw. I snuck in the back door. <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't sneak in on that one. <laughs> I saw someone there. It was whoever Kehlani was dating at the time. Kehlani was dating this this non-binary person. I forget. I don't know. Who, um, but amazing artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot. I definitely did go. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've been to so many venues in Chicago, I forget the names sometimes. But yeah. I've been going for so long that it's like the names are. I have a, a list of all the venues that I send out to mm-hmm. my like students and people who are like, Hey, we're on. We're new to this city. We're in two. Like on. Like, can we? You, funny enough, I hate to break it to you. You just Google this. You can just Google list of venues in Chicago. But mm-hmm. I just send it to them. <laughs> I just look up like every artist in my playlist, and then I see if they're touring. And yeah, which is great because they'll yeah. show it on Spotify yeah. and stuff. It's awesome. It's so awesome. <laughs> That's a great way to do it. Or just go to the another cool way is go to venue websites mm-hmm. like on your computer and just have like she was Lincoln Hall. Coles, just have a bunch open up and just. Look. I want to play Shuba so. Just look through. Bad. It's cool. It's a good. Oh, I, I want to play Shuba. I went in there. there. You played there in January. Yeah, I played there. in January, mm-hmm. and you didn't let me open for you. That's rude. I didn't know you yet. That's still rude. This is last year, this January hasn't rude. happened it's yet. It's still rude. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it, I was playing. I was playing guitar in a band with my friends. They were from New York, and they needed. They were on a Midwest tour. They needed someone, so I joined for some shows. Why are you flipping me off? Not bad. <laughs> we were playing some shows. No. Uh, it was cool. It was a great time. Um, so it was cool because I, I got lucky. It was a sold out show. So I was like, wow. Yeah. Shub, that's always overwhelming. It was I nuts. Went, I was like, I, I went to, to play a sold out show at Shuba's a couple of times. And I was like, I need to open for someone who sells out. Yes. It's the type of venue <laughs> where it feels sold out because it's so tight and packed. Like there is no space. I just open. want that feeling so bad. That wall to wall compact show. Yeah. I want that feeling. I it's, it's the first time I ever had it. So think about this: you're 27. I didn't have that until 33, and it's I've been a long time. I've been playing I'm, shows I'm and putting out <laughs> albums and playing and recording since I was 16. So wow. it took 17 years just for that. I mean, I played <laughs> other shows, but that was the first sold out show. Yeah, but it, I wanna, was, it wasn't even for me. So I want to do uh, that. I want to open. I just I don't even want to headline it. I want to open for someone. And, yeah, and do it. You could do it. Just I, keep keep shopping around. 
I will. I I have had friends, close friends, play shubas, and I'm just like, you can do it. <laughs> that um, empty bottle. Have you played empty bottle? No. That's a good one too to play. Okay. That one's a little easier to get like into. Well, I'm on the hunt for new band members. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let everyone know. Let I need um, I need a new drummer. If anyone wants to be a drummer in my band, you know what I'm saying. Tell tell everyone where they can find your band. Oh, I, I already I did while you went and got the blank. Oh, really? <laughs> Friday James at Friday James everything. At Friday Write Songs on Instagram. I guess not Friday James everything. <laughs> <laughs> Friday James on nothing at all actually. <laughs> What's your middle name, Friday? Um, so my name isn't Friday. I know that. But, my, <laughs> but. I remember asking you, I was like, just calling me, I was like, all right, call you, that's what you want. But uh, my middle name is Shanae. Shanae. Mm-hmm. I'm James is your last? No. Is it anything? It's my stepdad's last name. Wow, you're just being cryptic out there. Yeah. I've had some, I mean, clearly I have stalker issues. Yeah. <laughs> the stalker thing, I'll never understand it. I mean, I have been. Madly in love with women that have broken my heart. Well, like one. I didn't stalk at all. I don't understand. I'm just like... I think stalking has to do with... It has to be intertwined with some level of rage. Oh, something going on. Yeah, because you can't just love someone and stalk I them. I didn't even want to see angry stuff. With them I, was like, I was like, I don't want to be more sad. I'm just going to like stay away. Yeah. Like I want the opposite of stalking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even though you're just so heartbroken. But like... Yeah. It just doesn't... I have compute. no... Yeah, I've never stalked anyone either. At least no. I, don't, I don't think... I've stalked anyone. It doesn't compete <laughs> to, like, truly stalk. Maybe, like, you don't know you're doing it. I think there's a little bit of, like, light creeping you do on the internet, mm. like on Instagram. But I'm talking, like, going to their job, their school, their house. Mm. The par- You know, they yeah, know, you know they frequent a park, so you go. They're like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can't imagine doing all that. No, and that is real. People do that. And that's messed up. <laughs> don't do that. I definitely have felt. Like, I've stalked someone in the past because we run in the same scene, so I kept seeing them all the time. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, he probably feels like I'm stalking him, but I promise yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I, I promise I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it prob- but, like, running in the same circles and, like, going to having all the same friends, going to all the same shows, hearing about each other all the time, like, it starts to feel, like, too intertwined. You yeah. Know? But, I mean, it's bound to happen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you look like you're getting colder. Your feet are getting cold. Your toes. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can end soon anyway. I mean, we've been going at it for... Two hours and 33 minutes. Yeah. I mean, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. My toes are cold, too. My toes I'm sure my roommate's cold. like, can you end this thing so we turn the <laughs> heat back on? But we have to make a plan for our next time we get together <laughs> to actually have cocktails or something. We'll have cocktails and a, and a bowl. And a bowl. Yeah. I, I crossed on the podcast? I have podcast? no problem um, smoking joints, but I don't want to have paper burning down here with all the gear and stuff. Okay. I'm very... Ain't about my equipment. I'll get you the glass wraps. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Maybe take some edibles. On the pod? I got nothing else to do. I'm home. Damn, son. There's a food tent right there. You got to crash right there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to. I won't be able to drive after. I won't say where, but you'll be living closer soon. Yeah. So it's not so bad. I'm really excited. So that'll be easy. Yeah. I, I Googled how far it was from here. 13 minutes. Yeah, it's probably... I don't know what part of where you're living. I'm not going to say on the internet, but... It's definitely within three miles. Yeah, right? it's really close. Yeah, yeah. I I noticed that when I saw the name of your your city, I was like, oh, uh, like you're part of the city. That was cute. Yeah, your city. You mean neighborhood? <laughs> your neighborhood. <laughs> you're part of the city. Your neighborhood. Y'all. She's from Nashville. So I'm from Nashville. Some slack. <laughs> she's from Broadway, where the Cowboys are. <laughs> I went to Nashville, and I think I went. 
did I go right after you came on? Right before? Before. Right before. Right. Because right we before. talked about it. We did. Yeah. I oh, it. That's great. you. Wait, was it you? It was me. Was it me? Golden Pine. Golden Pine. Gold Pine. Gold Pine. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> okay. No, I saw. I saw someone I know. It might have been sessions. That's what it was because I just did the NPR sessions. Oh yeah. Um. How'd that go? That was so good. That's cool. It was so good. My band killed it. It was amazing. It comes out on December fourteenth. That's my birthday. <gasps> no way. It's a Thursday. And it's my birthday. Oh my god! Happy I birthday! Just put my birthday out there. Crap! I've been so good about not doing that. <laughs> December fourteenth. <clears throat> you heard it here first, folks. I'll be thirty-four. Wow. It's a Thursday. Yeah. So that's well, cool. Yeah, it I'll comes out that day. I'll, I'll share it on the uh, that would be a lot to see. me. I'll tag send you. Send it in to it. me. Send it. To me. <laughs> okay. I'll share it. Cool. Thank well, that's you. cool. Where was it at? Uh, it was in. I forget the name. What city in the city? <laughs> <laughs> it was not in the city. It was outside the city for sure. Okay. Um, North South. East? DeKalb. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at Northwestern. Yeah. Right. Is that Northwestern? I think. The know. university was it? At, at oh school? no 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 no! It was it was literally like a radio station. Okay, because I believe that that might be affiliated with Northwestern because that's where Northwestern. Yeah, is. got it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I went out there. I did it, um, and I did that back in Jul- June or July. Ju- July, June or July. Right. Yeah, I don't know. One of the J's, and uh, <laughs> it's January too. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that comes out on the 14th. It's going to be cool. But my band did amazing. The set was beautiful. Um, I don't know. It was a good time. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think they were the ones that posted about. So I, there were some friends I have in Nashville. And I think they did a session with them recently because they went oh. out to Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So um, that's why I brought that up because I know I remember that you were filming with a lot of friends I had in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, small world. Nashville at Dark Matter Collective. The, mm. Have you been there? Mm-mm. It's a music. It was a DIY venue that got so legit they turned it into like a venue, mm-hmm. and we rented it out. And yeah, filmed with the tons of bands: Molly Martin, The Love In, Safari Room, Catalina, um, and then a bunch of solo artists. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun. It was so hot. Man, next time you go, let me know because I can refer you uh, to some really good artists. I'll be going there again. Um, It's an easy, you know, 450 miles, whatever. Yeah. It's an easy trip. Seven-hour drive. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, after the trips I've done that. that I thought about going back. Like, when I was thinking about leaving, I was like, maybe I'll just go back to Nashville and start over. It's a different place now, as you know. It's growing strangely. Everywhere I walked in my friend's neighborhood he was in, there was just houses being built like everywhere. He's like, yeah, it's been like this for like the last year. Just crazy. Boom. Yeah. Which is, it is what it is. Yeah. Hopefully this time after my lease is up, um, I'll be able to buy a home. And I, and hopefully I can decide where I want to buy a home. You'll be in Chicago because you'll take it over. It won't be kicking you anymore. <laughs> Everyone will leave you alone. That's bothering you. <laughs> you'll have a, you have too many friends. You'll be texting like, I have too many friends. Can you take some of them? <laughs> Oh man, you're funny. I, you. I hope so. <laughs> I hope I hope that everything is different. It will be. I promise you. Keep a positive <laughs> outlook and ignore the naysayers. Thank keep you. singing. Keep working. Good luck on your new adventure in the new location you're going to be living. Good luck on your your new friend, man. Your friend, uh, guy, dude. <laughs> He's going to be so mad. I said anything about him. <laughs> He's be like, what the fuck? It's too early. <laughs> yeah, that's always a tricky thing. That's always a tricky thing. I, I never knew when to talk about a girlfriend after. Cause you might know him, actually. I'll show you a picture. You tell me if you know him. 
Yeah, you have a couple names to share after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you have a couple heads to smash. All right. Yeah. Um, so everyone can find you Friday. Friday Write Songs. Write Songs. On Instagram. On Instagram. And Anywhere else, just Instagram. There's a link tree from there. Link tree from there. Beautiful. Friday Write Songs <laughs> on Instagram. Link tree from there. Support Friday. Um, come see a Friday perform. When's your next show? Do you have any shows coming up? No shows coming up. Uh, just just the the NPR session coming out. Soon. NPR December fourteenth. Th- it's a Thursday. This will be out before that, so people can hear it. Thank you for coming on again. You're the first <laughs> second time guest. Hey, and the I'm gonna be first. the first third time guest when <laughs> we do our cross cast. <laughs> the cross cast. <laughs> cross cast. Yeah, we'll have some fun the next time. <laughs> yeah. We should do over winter break. I was thinking we should do like. I have no classes or anything. So we have to do it like every like quarter like quarterly <laughs> every okay. four months okay <laughs> that'd be what is every third because every four months would be every third oh right because every quarter would be every three months i'm not gonna math that's okay <laughs> that's what i'm here for every third of a you year. saw how long it took me to go from 96 to 2008 i was like i was what, i two, saw three, that four, five, six, <laughs> i didn't want to i'm i'm fortunate i i do i'm i've talked about this so i'm a nerd i do math for fun <laughs> Like, I'm just on my calculator, like, trying to figure out a number and see if I get it right and guess it. That's stupid. You're such a character. It works. I mean, I'm good. I'm fast. <laughs> but whatever. Anyway, thank you again, Friday. I appreciate it. Thank Stay warm me. out there, everyone. Friday's freezing. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao.